dad lab podcast i'm one of your hosts matt and i'm andrew and on today's show we're back from a long break and we've got items in the news desk about aggressive turkeys quarantine fight clubs and playground sex dolls in our mount rushmore segment we discuss our dream cars and in our pick your poison segment we've got a interesting choice to make we're going to talk a little thanksgiving since it's right around the corner and we've got a movie review of the Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, Sean Connery classic, The Rock. Um, and we're going to recap some sports. We're recording on a Sunday evening, so we're fresh off a Cowboys win. Disappointing uh, win. Unfortunately. Yeah, what the hell were they thinking? Um, and then we'll end it out uh, with some NBA draft talk and such. So um, if you could, please... Rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Um, tell a friend, share the show, force people to listen, um, <laughs> or you know, just whatever you got to do to to help us grow. We appreciate it. Yeah, Fa- and, and don't li- don't listen to the first episode. Just gloss over that one. Tell yeah. people to start right at number two, or just go to the latest one. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, follow us on social media at the Dad Lab Pod on Twitter and Instagram um, or you can send us an email with any comments or concerns or questions at the Dad Lab Pod at gmail.com so what have you been up to man it's been too long it's been like almost three weeks I think but I don't know, there's not a whole lot going on my life's not that exhilarating or exciting but in the last few days, let's see, I watched Chinatown for the first time. I've never watched that movie because Roman Plansky directed it, and he's a pedophile. But I kept just, I was listening to a podcast, and they kept talking about how this there was this podcast based on it. So anyways, long story short, I was finally like, you know, I've never seen that, and I rented it, and that's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Really? So I watched Chinatown last night. It was fucking awesome. I'm going to ask for it for Christmas. <laughs> um, and then we went to my parents today. My, uh, my dad was going to make a... A pot roast, which sounded great, but he wanted to smoke it. He got a new pellet grill, mm-hmm. and he wanted to smoke it, and he got it on like 8.45. We got there. We had to wait and wait and wait. Finally pulled it out, cut into it. It was bloody, so he threw it in the oven. He wrapped it up and everything, um, but it must have like taken all the flavor and juice out of it because that thing was like eating a fucking boot. And I, The first bite I took, I'm trying to chew it, and he's sitting to the left of me. And it just not good. So I grab my napkin. And I go oh, like, put no. the bite in there. And right then he goes, how's that first bite? <laughs> I said, oh, fuck. Great, Dad. <laughs> and my mom saved me. She's like, was there a little fat on there? I was like, yeah, there was some fat on that piece. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, we'll try the next one. <laughs> I'm just taking bites and chewing it down as much as I can before I just down it with some water and just swallow it. But mom made mashed potatoes. Dad saved it. I ate some mashed potatoes. And then the dogs, the dogs are just eating that dried pot roast right now. Well, with the pellet grills or any really smoker, like, it, there is a little learning curve. And with any grill, gas, charcoal, it doesn't matter. There is a learning curve until you kind of get to know your grill, like yeah. where the hot spots are or, or whatever. We did the same thing a few years back. My brother got a pellet grill, and my dad bought, like, a $180, like, prime rib oh, yeah. roast. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to talk the grills that much. No, no, no. The roast was that much. No, no. Fuck. Yeah, it's prime rib, and it was, like, Damn. a prime, it was prime cut. So, 
same thing like we put it on and and we're trying to learn the grill and we can't get the temperature right mm-hmm. and uh it, it was the same deal like we put it on it was supposed to be done at one time and it was like two or three hours later and wow. it was finally done but any any time you get a new grill like that there's always that learning curve yeah. for the first five six cooks you and know? this was his test run that's why he wanted us over and right um just and he ran out of pellets so it couldn't he had to get it going again but and it was all good because after that we played that I showed you that picture of that Wahoo board we played, yeah. and that was his from childhood. Like if you flip it over, it's a chessboard, mm-hmm. and there's stuff on there he wrote like from like literally the '60s and '70s. That's awesome. So it's just him and like his sister wrote some stuff on there. But we we're playing Wahoo, and I've never played before. I don't really? think I've ever played before. Wahoo's great. Yeah, and then like they just asked if we wanted to play before we left, and. We were getting into it, man. Like talking oh, yeah. shit. Like oh, when you yeah. can knock them out. Uh-huh. Like they were getting mad because I would take my marble and aggressively knock theirs off the board. Like I was talking so much shit. But uh, so was my dad. My dad ended up winning. But I, we we're like, dude, I just want a Wahoo board for Christmas. Like, Wahoo's great. Like it'd be great at like the draft, like the draft weekend. Yeah. Like it would be, I would absolutely play. It's like, a great game. Get like get three boards going so we can have the whole league playing yeah. at once and do like a bracket style championship. No, like, it, Wahoo's it, it's awesome. Great. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so that was my last 24 hours, which was no complaints. That's not bad. Uh, lately, I've been taking in some Texas high school playoff football. Uh, my brother is the offensive coordinator, and my nephew, his son, is the backup quarterback up in Paris uh, for Paris High School. So last week they played uh, They played in Dallas. They played Dallas-Lincoln and and they won by like thirty, so my uh, my nephew got to play the whole second half. Yeah, uh, so that was cool. But they were up by so much, and it was just handing the ball. It off. was, and he attempted one pass, and he got sacked. Um, but yeah, they were just up by so much. That's they the classy thing the to do, though. Yeah. If you're up, just run the clock out. That's a dick move to just run the clock up like that because those are kids at that point. And there was an obvious, uh, <clears throat> there was an obvious gap in talent. Like yeah. it was, it was real apparent. Um, the kids they had were were good, um, but their sideline had they maybe had ten subs. Oh wow! And like our sideline would you know full full of subs. Yeah, those guys are team. gassed yeah. probably. So. so, and then this last week we drove up. Uh, we drove up to Paris um, for some. They ha- they had a home game, so the way it goes is like two head coaches they get together, they try to settle on a neutral site. Or they try to settle on a site, and if they can't, it goes to a coin flip. Well, they played Midlothian Heritage, which is right down the road. Mm-hmm. And Heritage wanted it first to Midlothian, and obviously the other team was like, no way. And so he was trying to get it to as close to Midlothian as he could. Couldn't come to agreement, so it went to a coin flip, and he lost the coin flip. So they ended up having to, having to go to their house in a playoff game. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, it was back in, in the first half. They were trading touchdowns back and forth. Um, and they're just, I've been to NFL games, college games, and still nothing beats high school football in Texas. Just the atmosphere, especially kind of smaller town football, high school football, you can't beat it. Uh, they're 4A, which is, if you're not in Texas, 4A, we go all the way up to 6A, so it's the third classification down. Um, and it was just, it was awesome. I mean, the cheers, it was back and forth. I saw a kid make probably one of the best football plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so the other team threw a pass into the end zone and it got tipped and he sprinted to the corner of the end zone. And as he's falling down, he kind of scoops it right before he, it hits the ground, drags his toes and gets an interception 
to kind of seal it, and then they drove down and kicked a field goal to put them up ten with like a minute left. Oh wow, that was yeah. It was in the late game changer yeah, play. It was late in the se- it was late in the game, and it was it was just one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. And it was like a sixteen year old kid who did it. So that's when college scouts will get that video. Today. Yeah, so it, it was a good game. So the last couple Fridays I've been uh, going to see my brother and coach and my nephew play. What, so, how old? You, what grade's your nephew in? He's a sophomore. So is he going to be like he's just waiting in the wings? Uh, the starter, who's a pretty good little athlete, is a junior. So he um, might be a. Compete so, next year, but hopefully get it senior year. I think because their goal is uh, to get him into college. So I think I don't even know if they're going to stick around uh, this school. I think they're going to try to find a situation where he can go in and play and get two years of film yeah. out. So I, I doubt they're going to go back to Paris. Um, so I mean, my brother's got a resume where he could go. He could go to a lot of places. I don't know if I told you, but he was a quarterbacks coach in Allen mm-hmm. and, for Kyler. Yeah. Fuck yeah! And and then he went and he was an AD and a head coach up in up uh, up by Sherman at a small school, and then he's the OC at Paris now. So he's got a he little. He could just bit, be looking for the right opportunity for him and his son. Man. For his son, really, because yeah. once his he told me once his son is these next two years, once he's out, he's he's out because it's really? just yeah, it's too much of a time commitment. Like I was talking to my sister in law, his wife, and she's like, I literally haven't seen him since July. Shit. So, and it's such a huge commitment. I mean, those guys work in 100-hour weeks during the season. And he just wants to – he's got a younger daughter. Um, he's got one in college and then my nephew, and then he's still got a younger daughter who's probably 12. And he just wants to spend time with the family. Yeah, I understand so, uh, But, no, it's been good. So, we got a – I'm going up there. Well, I'm uh, rooting for Paris Texas to take that 4A title. Yeah, we're, we're going next Friday. They're playing at A&M Commerce. So, they're playing yeah, at the alma mater. At my alma mater. <laughs> So that'll be cool. They've got a tough game against Melissa, um, who's eleven and one, and uh, but they've got a good team. The kids are just scrappy. It's a young team. They've got a lot of juniors and sophomores. Um, so we'll see what happens. But it's been fun going and taking trips up mm-hmm. uh, with Landry's loving it. Lauren's even getting into it. My wife does not like football, um, and even she's getting into it. So she just wants both teams to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how my wife is. Yeah. She roots for whoever has the nicest uniform. So she likes Miami Dolphins and the San Diego Chargers. Fair enough. And she just wants no one to get hurt, and right. for them to all be friends at the end of the game. What a sweetheart! That's all she wants. But yeah, so uh, I've been taking in some high school football, and it's been cool. Well, uh, shit, we'll to see my uh, brother. Talk about that road trip for the championship because I'm at 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 and T. I'm pretty sure those tickets are like dirt cheap. Yeah. At least compared to you know, a call even a college game, but definitely compared to a cowboy. Well, game. Well, it sucks is I was gonna holler at you because um, at the original plan was uh, to play at AT and T on Friday, but apparently oh. it was too expensive because I think both schools have to agree to like chip in and oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, not using it just fucking little music. Yeah, Jerry. so I don't know how it works, but no, my brother texts me. He's like, yeah, apparently AT and T was too expensive. And so move. they they settled on AM Commerce uh, for the neutral site. So um, no offense, but that's a terrible like compromise. <laughs> hey, we're going to the eighth wonder of the world. Never mind, we're going right. to AM Commerce. Which, right. No offense, them. I haven't seen their stadium, but I it ain't like AT&T. it's not bad. But there's high school stadiums that are better. Right, you know? Allen for one. Yeah. So no, it's been dollars. it's been cool. Um, yeah, other than that, just work and. Um, if life has been getting in the way, we were. I think the last time we recorded was three. I think weeks I ago. saw it was November sixth. If we're going by that, 
So we did one more after Halloween, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it would have been yeah. Right so Halloween. life has just been getting in the way. So we apologize for that. And we're going to try ah. to get back on track here. Um, just a few kind of programming notes. We're going to change up the format of our movie watch and review. Not really the format, but basically how we pick the movies. So we can get you guys involved if you want to watch and kind of participate and send in some feedback and stuff before we do uh before we do the next pod so we're going to be drawing we've we've picked out four movies each we're going to draw them out of a hat we're going to announce it on this episode either before or after we do uh do the review on the rock and that way you guys can have time to watch it and you guys can participate and then we're going to do that for this one and we're going to put that on pause now hang with me because (laughs) for the month of december we've picked four christmas movies to do during the month of december so we can get in the christmas spirit We've decided on Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Santa Claus. And Sinbad. And Sinbad. Well, Can't forget Sinbad. him. Uh, Santa Claus with Tim Allen, Christmas Vacation, which is my personal favorite, and then Die Andrew's Hard. personal favorite, Die Hard. So we've got our kind of December planned out, and then January we'll pick back we'll pick back up with Drawn, drawn It Out of a Hat. So if you guys will kind of want to go, go ahead and get a head start on those movies, and that way you can participate and send in any feedback or questions or comments, you guys can do that. Um, but with that, uh, let's get into the news desk. And our first story is about an aggressive turkey. Uh, this I'm reading this from NPR. And the headline reads, The Reign of Gerald, an aggressive turkey is over. I love his name's Gerald. For five months, the bird evaded captors while attacking humans. <laughs> a wildlife es- expert disguised herself as one of the prefer- one of his preferred vi- victims, an older woman, and Gerald took the bait, charged, and was captured. Um, so... I we we kind of talked last episode about what you would rather uh, face birds or yeah, dogs. That's a bird of prey, man. That's a bird that's on the ground, and turkeys just scare me, dude. They have no fear. They're like the badgers of. They, they don't, just don't give a shit. No, like I've got uh, three chickens, and like sometimes those chickens try to step to me, and I'm like. I will put you in that grill. Yeah, just kick them right into the corner. Like, I will put you on the grill. Like, and I always talk shit to them because sometimes they get lazy on, on laying eggs. And like, I'm out there cooking. I'm like, you see this? If y'all don't start picking it up, you're ending up here, buddy. So, but could you imagine like a, a turkey terrorizing an entire town? I like how he had a, like a preferred victim too. Like, they used her as He had bait, a type. Like, yeah, right? He had a type. He's like a serial killer. <laughs> That was my favorite part. Uh, but it, it continues. Uh, estimated to be around 20 pounds, Gerald had been causing problems in the Grand Lake neighborhood for months, attacking dozens of people and ultimately leading to the closure of nearby Morecambe Rose Garden, an eight-acre municipal garden that was his favorite stomping grounds. <laughs> stomping ground. Rebecca Dimitrik, a wildlife expert and founder of uh, Wildlife Emergency Service based in the Monterey Bay area, was hired to humanely capture Gerald after un- many un- unsuccessful attempts. Um, so yeah, uh, they got a ravenous turkey off the streets and we are all Just safer. Just in time for Thanksgiving. And I said on this story, I found it back in October, like late October. And I was like, I got to do it close to Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, they, apparently she was throwing blueberries at them. Do turkeys uh, like blueberries? Apparently. I know beagles do. 
Beagles? You know, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, That's how he tricked him. He goes, trust me, Beagles love blueberries. <laughs> Ever since then, I just tell everybody that, yeah, Beagles love blueberries. So, yeah, they relocated him. Gerald, he's living on a farm somewhere. Um, he's probably raising hell on that probably, farm. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking probably raising hell. Um, but have you, have you had any nuisance animals? Like, have you had a problem? Uh, we had an asshole cat growing up. Dude, Jake. I've got um, I've got a possum living under the house. Oh, dude, dude, and me and this dude locked eyes one night, <laughs> and it was terrifying. Like I know they're not aggressive, and like they're actually like really clean. Like they don't they're, carry. They're blind too. Yeah, like, they dang, don't. That's why they come out at night. Yeah, they don't carry like diseases, or there's like one disease they definitely don't carry. Uh, but he keeps like getting in our trash, oh, like because yeah. we set it out, you know, the night before. Uh, it's supposed to go out, and like I will. Go, I'll be leaving for work in the morning and he'll be like, there'll be dog food cans that he's pulled out. <laughs> like, I don't want to be mean, but like, dude, stop digging through the fucking trash. Like hey, there's, man. there's bird feed out in the back for the chickens. Like just munch on that, dude. Like, why do you have to be a dick? Cause now I got to clean it. I got to go in back inside, get another bag, clean it up. Cause I don't want to be a dick and you know, leave it for the trash man. Not that they would pick it up and you know, I don't, no, they wouldn't sh- pick it up. They I, would definitely leave it for you. I don't want to have trash in the yard, but yeah, yeah. I've got a dick possum that's living under the house a right dick now. Possum. That may be a show title name, Dick Possum. Uh, so, uh, you got the next story, right? I got the next story. All right. And this it's one, not nearly as well. It's pretty good, but it's, I know Gerald, this one came with pictures too. I wish we could upload these pictures. I, I will. I'll, I'll put them on the Instagram. Because you got to see him. Uh, Malakuta College investigated after totally unacceptable sex doll incident on Muck Up Day, which I think that's the day where they just do a bunch of bullshit. I, I think this is in time. Australia, and I, I think I equated Australian it, rules. I think apply. I equated it to like our field day, maybe like but, a field but in day. Florida, apparently, it's in Florida. No, I'm saying, but this is Australia is the Florida of of the world. Of the world, okay. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so this is for kids that are like from pre-K to like twelfth grade. Uh, and it was, it's located about 600 kilometers east of Melbourne. So I don't know. What is that like? I don't know. I don't know. If, it's not, if it's not an American, I don't know it. Damn right. The town became best known for its apocalyptic fire images during last summer. So that's not important. Uh, this is at the school's muck up day on November 6th. It is alleged that a student brought the female sex doll <laughs> to the school. The school was the primary and secondary students from ages five to 18. So little five-year-olds out here. We got um, that several teachers, including the principal, were seen by many primary school students as young as five with a doll during the school's 55-minute lunch break. Which, 55-minute lunch break, that's amazing. Dude, we got like 12 in high school. Yeah, I remember half of that was in the line. Yeah, I remember scarfing food it, it's down. burning hot because I would get those Olay ole burritos. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, how you try to eat with your mouth open because it's so hot. And you're burning the roof of your burning mouth. It, yeah, burning your mouth just so you can run to class after Didn't that. Then everything so. tastes like rubber for a week because <laughs> you burnt your mouth. So, um, the <laughs> sources say the, bl- the blow-up female doll had visible genitals and was tied to a pole <laughs> during lunch break and had water and ice thrown on it. The sources said students and at least one teacher rode on top of the sex doll down a children's slide <laughs> and the female and a female name was given to the doll. A picture of school principal Tom Cashmore close to the doll uh, with young primary school children nearby was posted on social media but was later taken down. Can you see the picture of the principal right now? Yeah, I'm looking at reading? Right. Okay. I'm looking at suspenders he, and all. He looks just like uh, that mayor of Toronto. 
Uh, I think his name was like Tom Ford the or something. Crack. Yeah, he looks <laughs> just like that guy. He does. So go figure. It is a look. Uh, a parent who did not want to be named told the a- told ABC that their young child had described the naked female doll uh, in to them in detail, saying the doll had a lot of holes in lipstick. That's right. Uh, the parents said they were aga- aghast and disgusted by the use of a sex doll in front of young children. Well, yeah, I would be too. Um, another parent said their primary school primary school child told a teacher on the day that they needed to put clothes on the doll before the prep student saw it. So now they're launching an investigation. <laughs> student parents were alerted uh, to the muck up day school activities five days five days later when a letter signed by both Mr. Cashmore, who's the principal, uh, and the school council president Danny Morris was sent out. It was it is understood the department received at least fifteen complaints from unhappy parents demanding answers. On Monday, staff were told by senior department depart departmental staff an inquiry was being held into the matter by a law firm and that Mr. Cashmore was taking leave. External acting principal David Mulbray uh, has been appointed to take over, which, I mean, as long as you don't bring a sex doll on there, I think you can keep your job for a little bit. You're doing better than the last one. Yeah, immediately doing better. So what's the worst part, that the sex doll doll showed up or that the principal is, like, writing it down, (laughs) writing it down the slide? Like, if this was, like, an all-boys school, you know, because they'll just do stupid shit. I think the fact that there was little kids there, because you can see in one of the pictures, the the principal's, like, grinning from ear to ear. It looks like he's going to mount the damn thing. And you can see a line of kids, like, in a line, like, waiting to go get, like, a snack break, you know, invisible. And you're like, okay, those kids look like they're about a couple years older than my kid, and you got this, this is the principal. This is supposed to be like the most respectable man on campus, and he looks like he's about ready to... It was his sex doll, let's be honest. Right? He's blamed it on a kid, but this is his sex doll. And they, they gave it a name. He gave it a name, because it already had a name. <laughs> he probably brought everything you would have needed, so... He, yeah, it, it was all bad, but the fact that it was the principal, that probably, he, like you said, it probably was his, and he had to have been the one that was like leading the charge... That, to me, is the worst part. And it's like, I don't care how good you were. You just don't do that shit, man. He's just cutting loose, dude. He's, he's, hey, you can he's, cut loose. He's you bringing his friend. Loose. He's bringing his friend to work. Nobody and they're going to have a good time. Friend. It's all crusty. Gross. Ugh. Uh, you keep going? Because I don't, there's a resolution? Is there? No, there's not. Okay. It's still under investigation for being a creep. Basically, right. don't be a creep in front of kids. The moral of that story. Keep your sex dolls at home, people. Yeah. All right, so the last story we have. Headline reads, Rumble in the Bronx Fight Club drew 200. Sheriff shuts it down. Shut up, Jackie Chan. (laughs) More than 200 people. uh, Oh, and this is from the New York Times. Uh, by Jan Ransom. More than 200 people stood shoulder to shoulder shouting as two men sparred at the center of a Bronx warehouse. Some people hung over the barricades, social media showed, craning their necks for a better view. When one man knocked out the other, the crowd erupted in a thunderous roar. The amateur fight would have been illegal before the pandemic, but with coronavirus cases spiking in the city, it risked being a dangerous underground event. Sheriff's deputies broke up the unlicensed fight club known as Rumble in the Bronx around 11.15 Saturday. Many of those uh, 
many of those crowding inside were drinking, smoking hookah, and not wearing masks, the authorities <laughs> said, because that's the important part. Uh, the leader of the club, Michael J. Roman, 32, and nine others were arrested and charged with unlawful assembly, health and alcohol code violations, and participating in a prohibitive, prohibited combat of sport. They were also each fined 15000 Uh So, yeah, they broke, they broke, obviously broke some rules of Fight Club. Yeah, the, the first, first and second. Yeah. The, the most important ones. Basically the only rules of Fight Club. That and, like, don't kill a guy. Hours before break... It continues. Hours before breaking up the Fight Club, Sheriff's deputies have also dismantled a party in Brooklyn with nearly 200 guests and another in Manhattan with over 200 people. Um, let's see. Yep, that's about it. I mean, um, I, the way I see it, I think they're just letting out frustration. <laughs> and I think it's funny because it's like they're going to arrest these guys and they're like, hey, what you get, what you, what are you in here for? Starting a Fight Club. Well... We're in jail. You want to start a fight club? It's like it's just going to like breed more members and it's going to like spread from there. So, yeah, apparently on the same night, like there was like they busted about 600 people at three different events. Damn. Yeah. So New York's got a problem. That that was probably that had to been like a um, like a sting operation. You know, you just don't find three fight clubs in one night. Like they had they weren't all fight clubs like two of them. The other two were just random gatherings and parties. But this one was definitely a fight club. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think people are just, especially in New York, you know, where they're, they're uh, us here in Texas, we're not locked down at all, but you know, I think New York and in California, they're pretty locked down. I think that's just a product of frustration. Yeah. That's just, just people beat someone up and that, and they just don't want to be in the house. You know, they're tired of being cooped up. Just speaks too to that movie. Like how cool is that? That 20 plus years later, like people are still inspired and I guess inspired is not the right word, but you know. Living that movie out. That and, you know, I'm sure there's money. there was money to be made that night. Oh, dude, somebody's always placed. There's a bookie there for sure. Yeah, yeah so. There's some uh, big undefeated motherfucker just taking people's money. Those 200 need to take their time out and go watch Fight Club. Because if so, they wouldn't have got caught. Brad, yep, they would learn the Tyler Durden rules. is very disappointed. And with that, we are going to move on to our Mount Rushmore. And like I mentioned in the opening, our Mount Rushmore this week is our Dream Cars. And... I think there's going to be quite a bit of difference between mine and yours. Mine is going to be very uh, import Walker. based. Yeah, very, I'm more Vin Diesel. Yeah, and you're yeah. The Paul I've got, I've got some. I've got some in here. I've got mine's a mix a little bit, but it's and, going to be very like Japanese inspired. And I think so. we'll find too. They just don't make cars like they used to. No, they really don't. Like I, the the most the new the average year of mine is probably like 19. 86 the newest one is an honorable mention and it's 2004 oldest one goes all the way back to 69 nice but yeah the average yeah, my newest, here is probably in the 80s my newest one's 2001 yep yeah so uh i'm gonna let you go first and we can uh, alternate alternate yeah first one for me uh this is one me and my dad would like dream about it's the 1972 plymouth roadrunner yep they don't even make them anymore i found one pretty much stock with about 350 horsepower they all had like and all these cars, all these muscle cars that you look at, had, they just had the sweetest paint jobs on them, too. Like, they came stock with, like, Good just paint. the beautiful paint job with, like, striping down the side. Just so fucking cool. And I was looking on here, and for $35,000, we can get a 1972 Plymouth Roadrunner. I think we can pull that together, me and you. I would. Not a, not an issue. Uh, no, the road and uh, the Roadrunner was the one with the big wing in the back, yeah. right? Yeah, like the big, real tall wing. With yeah. the sweet-ass, like... 
icon that they would put on the side that actually was a roadrunner like with the wheel spinning picking up dirt yeah and wheel spinning my favorite roadrunner is a couple years before that my favorite is a 68 or 69 roadrunner um they were they weren't as long they're a little bit shorter a little bit boxier um and they had the dual headlights in the front but uh that was my and my, that's my dad's kind of not dream car but that's up there for him and i grew up around hot rods and classics my dad he's got a He's got a 65 Galaxy <clears throat> right now, and he's got a 63 Ford Falcon. So uh, that I grew up around uh, around classic cars. So and back in the day, he had a 65 Mustang with a 289 in it, and he had it all. He had a cam in it and headers, and he had it all. Damn. Yeah, it's set I could up say to all drag. that just for investment purposes. Like yeah. So no, but the Roadrunners, it's it's iconic. It's sweet. Um, so, and mine kind of are in order. I mean, and my first one is my all-time dream car. Oh, yeah. And when you hear some of these, like, you're going to be like, what? But my first one is uh, Acura Integra Type R. Um, uh, I know what you're thinking. Like, you see ragged out Integras all over the place. Yeah. They were real pot. I mean, they were like, everybody fucking wanted Integra. Well, my first cool. car was a 95 Integra, but it was a sedan and it was an automatic. So, it wasn't cool. Um, but... Uh, the Type R is it was it was widely con- widely considered like the best um, sports car of the '90s in Japan and over here just f- just for the handling. Yeah. I should say the best front wheel drive sports car. Um, it, it, it it the U.S. version had the iconic like front end with the I call them the the bug eyes or not bug eyes but it's like the two the two. Uh, the four headlights they got two on each side um but the uh but the type r you can find them now like i saw one on ebay it had maybe five thousand miles on it sold for like 86 grand golly that's, yeah. al- that's almost brand new though really it only had yeah, five thousand yeah. miles on it but it was built different um it had the legendary b18 c5 motor in it um it had a thinner windshield um it had like uh dual welded like shock towers in the front and the back so the handling had double wishbone suspension you know way more about cars than i do it's just a sweet car i just thought what looked cool no no it's a sweet car (laughs) it's it's an iconic car like in that scene um you can't find them hardly anymore um it revved up to like 86 8600 on the tachometer i mean you could just rev the shit out of that car and it just wanted to be revved it would just go 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 um and I just I loved it. I still love it to this day. So if I ever hit the lottery, I'd be I'd be buying a Tegra Type R. And I had some stuff pulled up on it, but I'm not gonna make everybody's eyes glaze over. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a great car. It's a cool car. Uh, it came, only came in three colors. It came in yellow, white, and black. What so did you get? Mm, not probably white. Yeah, I was gonna say just not yellow for me. Probably white. Yeah, it's they're sweet cars, and I'm gonna put up our. I'll find pictures of yours, and I'll put up mine on our Instagram, and then, you know, if you guys want to get involved and send us, send us your favorite dream or your dream cars, you know, please do. Uh, what's your second one? Second one for me, and again, you're way more into cars than me. So mine's a 1984 Ferrari Testarossa. Testarossa, yeah. Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. And I picked that because when I was a kid, I had like a Matchbox car of it. Yeah. I thought it was really fucking cool. Well, that was like one of the <laughs> first... Reasoning. That was like one of the first cars um, that like ever got put up on a poster. 
and like everybody had that Testarossa poster like in the rooms the gills as a kid. On the side. Yeah, I like that. It's got the little vents on the side. Yeah, I call them gills. I'm not a car guy. <laughs> hey, I knew what you're talking about though. And yeah. it seems like they always came in red. Was that like the stock that, color? Like a Ferrari. It's just red. an iconic Ferrari. Yeah. yeah, it's just an iconic. Like color. I was, I was having this argument with myself as if I'm some rich assholes like you know what fuck lamborghini i'm a ferrari guy yeah. i've always liked ferraris more than lamborghinis like as if i had the money to like really decide like which one i wanted and i decided right. i'm a ferrari guy right i always have been ever no, since i got that matchbox car that's an iconic car i mean that would easily fit on anybody and you could find that on a lot of people like 80s lists. yeah it was 80s car uh ferraris were pretty awesome because i went on their website and they actually had <clears throat> going in chronological order of their years um with all their models and so i was like going through again like i like i'm some rich asshole buying right. a car and i'm like that's it that's the one i wanted that's the one that looked like my car growing up oh, 1984 it's sweet um my second one is a nissan skyline gtr r34 so specific it's a it again like as far as um as far as like jdm cars or, or japanese cars it's the holy grail it's the ford mustang it's the roadrunner it's it's got a twin turbo. It's all wheel drive. Oh, there you um, go. I it, like I like those. Like 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 Subarus back in the day were all they had turbocharged engine. Were all wheel drive. So yeah, I, or all wheel drive. So I know a lot of people. That to me is just like a double check mark, you know. And that and that's going back to um that's going back to the Integra Type R. Like it was a front wheel drive car, and it would it would it would hang with like subarus who were turboed and in the type r the integra type r wasn't it was naturally aspirated so it was no turbo no supercharger no nothing and it would hang um like there's a famous track in germany called the nurburgring mm-hmm. and that's like it that's where like where they test that's like a like if you can make it at the nurburgring like if you can set a fast lap like that is like a big deal in the car world so um the type r was hanging with like all-wheel drive subarus skylines so it's just it that's another reason for me why it was just such a cool car uh but yeah the skyline gtr r34 if you know imports or if you're into japanese japanese cars y'all know the car um they haven't made it over to america yet because there's a 25 year um import you have to wait 25 years before japanese cars really? that were made in japan um that's a weird Kind of yeah, I don't know. Before they can get imported over here, so it's got a couple more years left. Um, but it's just it's an iconic car, um, and I love it. Um, I think Paul Walker drove one in one of the Fast and Furious movies. Not Maybe one of been... the newer ones, though. No, no, nope. that one. I know nope. that. Nope. Had to bring that up. Uh, it may have been the th- second or third. Sorry if my joke went up in smoke. Hey, at work when uh, at the restaurant, like when somebody wanted something well done. <laughs> oh no, I, can I already would, know where I this w- going. <laughs> I would put because you can you you can ring it in and then you can like add like pr- like you can add like special instructions to it. And so I would be like Paul Walker. <laughs> and so the kid, the first time in the kitchen, they didn't know. They're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Paul Walker." He burned alive he's extra crispy and they were like oh my god and and then he's mad that was so dark and then it caught on like (laughs) hey that uh cheeseburger no onion yeah that's paul walker so (laughs) no not darken that's not dark rest in peace paul walker uh but uh what's your third one another icon 1994 ford aerostar 
Ford Aerostar. Dude, we took so many good road trips in that car. I have nothing but fond memories of that. And looking it up, and that's totally obtainable. And we could go right now and drive to like a national park in that thing. When I was like five years old, we took the longest road trip of my life and went up to New Hampshire to meet my mom's aunt and uncle that we've only met obviously one time because they lived in New Hampshire and they ain't shit to do in New Hampshire. But it was a cool trip. Uh, apparently, I was bitching before we even got to Dallas about, like, I'm ready to just be there. And, you know, are we there yet? Just hold on, buddy. You haven't seen Yeah, my yet. dad was like, we weren't even out of Dallas County yet. And you're already bitching about how yeah, you want to be there. But um, I, I remember we went to Washington after that. Like, Washington, D.C. You know, we just hit up, like, all, all these cool spots on the way back. Like, we went to um, Graceland. Yeah. So, maybe I'm associating these good times with this car, but to me, no, it's, just, it's just a classic car. That's like, what it's about. I could just throw the whole family in there, literally just throw them in there, shut the door, look like a kidnapping going on. And But now we could do it with, like, electronics. Like, when I did it with my sister, because it was just me and my older sister, like, that was, like, a true road trip where you just had to buy, like, some cheap ass games and like a card like a deck of cards and some in a game of uno Mm -hmm. you know to drive all the way up there but yeah man ours was um i think ours was red i can ask my parents but we had that thing for a good 10 years so many good memories of the of the aerostar but that's what should bring it back that's what's great about cars though and obviously none of my cars or your cars or besides this one because i've never been in them but like some cars you just have an attraction to because, like, you your friend had one. Or... Yeah, I have another one on my list that was the first time I saw it because I was almost, like, old enough to drive. And I was like, that's the car I want. Yeah. Like, so that, to me, like, even though it's easily obtainable, that was my dream car for, like, a period when I was, like, 14 or 15. Like, that was what I wanted. Yeah. And... I was dead set on getting it. And it was obtainable. I would have, you know, it would have been difficult for me to get it. But it wasn't, like, a Ferrari. Yeah. And it's kind of like music. Like, you associate some cars with, like, where you were or, like, trips you took, like you just said. Mm-hmm. So a Great no, that... times. That's what's cool, and for me, like, iconic vans, like, that one, and then, like, a Chevy Astro van. See, to me, those are on a level together, but we just had the Ford Aerostar, so that's why, to me, it's that one. But, yeah, I would, because I would take that, and I would, we're we're planning, I'll just, not a spoiler, because none of y'all are coming, we're thinking about taking a trip next year, where we're going to drive through um, West Texas, a little bit in New Mexico, up to Arizona, and hit up Grand Canyon, and then Zion, in Utah, South Utah, and then come back through New Mexico, and there's another state park. It'd be national parks. We'd hit up three national parks in like a total of like almost 40 hours driving, but we were talking about taking like a whole week off. I was like, man, and I could just load up in this Aerostar and hit the road, yep. pop in some cassettes. Put a cassette in, yeah. Yeah, because I got a sweet cassette collection. I was like, and me and Claire were like, let's just do it. See, so, spe- speaking of Fords, my dad had an old um, Ford Taurus, and it was red, and he took us to... Um, he took us to SeaWorld, and it was just him and three kids at SeaWorld. Could you imagine taking three kids by yourself I to would, SeaWorld? I wouldn't want to, no. But he took us to SeaWorld, so until this day, if I ever see one on the road, I'm like, I think it's SeaWorld. Because, like, mm-hmm. Dad had a car just like that, and it was a red, you know. It was, like, the round. It was, like, probably a 94, 95. It was, like, the round uh, the round-bodied uh, Tauruses. But that, to me, looked like a tortoise shell. Yeah. I was kind of associated, Taurus, yeah. tortoise. So, uh, but no, I have, I have a car that, you know, I associate stuff with, um, my third one is the only kind of super car or exotic car to make the list. And it's the Acura NSX. Um, there was three, there was three body styles of it. One, the first, the first, 
the first body style. It had flip up headlights. Oh, that's cool. Which is I always thought always that sweet. was cool. People look like that's cheesy, but to me, I think that's pretty cool. What's cheesy is when you put flip up headlights on a Ford Probe, like my mom used to drive. Oh, put eyelashes around <laughs> them. That's really fucking cheesy. Uh, but it, but no, it was a mid engine, um, three liter V six, and it was a Honda, and it was inspired by, it was inspired by, um, not IndyCar, but uh, F one. Uh, designers so nice. they had a lot of input so on this car it was real sleek yeah. and then they came out with um, the second generation and they took away the flip-up headlights the body didn't really change much but the front end kind of changed and they took away the headlights <laughs> and then they just um i think the last one they i think they stopped making them in like 99 and then like in 2018 or 19 they they came out with another one and it looks is that the one that was on like a super bowl commercial yeah maybe? yeah it was blue yeah. yeah um you know what it reminded me of when you're talking about flip-up lights? You remember back in the day, the seatbelt, that would, the automatic seatbelt, that would yeah, come up. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I was thinking of, like, man, I mean, I was thinking, like, you probably got a couple cars, because those was, like, 80s and 90s, that <laughs> the flip-up uh, seatbelt, I mean, people got My brother had one. My brother, uh, Ben, he had a Mazda 626, <laughs> yeah. and it had the little automatic seat belt and we called it the pterodactyl because he had a belt that would slip so you just be randomly driving down the road and he'd be like <laughs> you know, like high pitch like i can't do a pterodactyl but uh, a, a lot of memories in that car a lot of <laughs> dude a lot a lot of hot boxing a yep. lot of yep uh, we had good memories in that car um uh do you have a fourth one i do have a fourth one and it's fucking grave digger because there are no rules to this list so i was like because i was thinking when i was a kid i was like dude gravedigger was the coolest car growing up who wouldn't want to drive gravedigger like if i dropped off my kid at school automatically i'm the cool i got the coolest kid in school so yeah it's a no doubter i don't know what year model it is it's a 1994 gravedigger i don't know yeah with a fucking ladder to get up there yeah it's gravedigger so just climb up my tire and jump in because we're going to Chuck E. cheese mm. after school so traffic fuck Grave traffic Digger. we're running over yeah. traffic <laughs> i see matt and his little integra i'm taking him out <laughs> fucking gravedigger yep that's it uh, all right so my fourth one and i had to i had to put a classic in here mine is a 1966 chevy nova yeah um now a lot of people think Very of the, of you, by the, the way. later uh the later uh novas which has got kind of more of like a turtle hole back these are much smaller and and boxier um they have the single headlights in the front but if you do it right and you set it up right and you put a you put on a nice set of wheels like American Racing wheels with some Mickey Thompson tires, and you get the stance right, you put some air shocks in the back. I mean that car is just it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then just real quick, I'll go through my honorable mention: a '98 Toyota Supra twin turbo. Again, just like the GTR, um, that's like a holy grail kind of car in that world. Uh, a '55 Chevy Bel Air, and then one probably the most obtainable. Uh, one on my list even though now they've they've skyrocketed in popularity which has jacked up the prices on them um i just wrote down 87 but it's it, there's multiple years in there but uh 87 square body chevy truck i love those chevy trucks yeah the square body perfect truck to me yeah my neighbor used to have one right here but he sold it and he got like a dodge dakota to me I was, 
such a such a downgrade for them. Yeah, so those are just cla- like to me. That's the that's the classic. That's the perfect truck. Yeah. So like it does, and it has to be a short bed. I hate short bed, I hate yeah. single cab trucks with long beds. To me, that's the ugliest thing in the world yeah. when I see that. Um. So yeah, mine's like I just wrote down eighty seven, but I yep. think I think they went up to it was all eighties. It was pretty much the whole eighties. Was that Chevy truck was perfect. Yeah. Um. That that could have actually been on mine for my honorable mention. Yeah. I but like I said, truck. like. Um, it's these, it's these weird trends in, in car, car culture where, um, for years, like certain cars get snubbed or they don't, they're not viewed as cool. And then all of a sudden they start skyrocketing popularity and then they get, become scarce. And then if you do find one, it's either ragged out or it's really nice and it's super really expensive. expensive yep. So, but yeah, I just wrote down 87 square body uh Chevy truck. They're just sweet. And you can do them any way. You can keep them stock and they look sweet mm-hmm. or you can put you can kind of lower them a little bit and put some wheels on it or you can jack them up. You know, you can lift them and put, you know, some all-terrains on there. They look do. good in any variation. I would do stock. I would just put like nice tires on them and like classic rims. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't try to like make them like 20s or whatever. Just whatever size came on them, just keep them shiny. Because me, like I said, that's like the perfect truck. I love those trucks. Yeah, so that was that's probably the most attainable. Um, but yeah, fifty-five Chevy Bel Air. That's like a classic Chevy. Um, I know probably fifty-sevens are the most popular, and they're written about in songs and and all that. But fifty-five Bel Air is my probably one of my favorite classic cars. Um, but yeah, so if you guys uh, want to tell us your favorite cars, your dream cars. Please do that at the Dad Lab Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, we are going to go on to our Pick Your Poison segment. And this week's Pick Your Poison, the question is, would you rather be beautiful or beautiful slash handsome but stupid or intelligent and ugly? We're saying this as if we're two studs over here. And it's easy <laughs> for me. I've, I, Dude, I'm... I'm ugly and stupid, so let me take. So it's a, an upgrade either way. Let me take a chance at being beautiful and stupid. Really? Yeah, make me hot and make stupid. Me hot. Make me hot and stupid. I'm already stupid. I might as well get something out of it. Just make me hot. I can make money. I was gonna say, just to taking me, off my shirt. To me, that's like the new wave of people. Like that's you're basically just gonna be a TikTok star. You're just sure. gonna be handsome and like shredded and like sure. get all these followers and fine. you're gonna contribute nothing to the world. That's fine. Because I took the other way and I'm gonna be ugly. I'm gonna be smart as fuck and I'm gonna have all these sweet inventions and all these cures and all the ladies are gonna come to me because I'm gonna have all the money after they leave my house. Fair enough. After but, they but leave my house, they're gonna tell me how dumb you are and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell them some brilliant sentence that's just gonna go straight over their heads. And then they're going to call their friends over. That's fine. They're friends. I'll probably dick them down too by that point. <laughs> Man, you're just a, such a stud in this situation. There are no rules. <laughs> Let me be hot in my mind, dude. Please. Uh, well, I'm not taking your sloppy seconds, then. I'm fucking living in New York across the country. and you. Can okay, we'll California. divide the country. I'll take the West Coast. You take the East Coast. Yeah. You can stay over there with the sweaters and the uggos. The give sweaters. Me the, give like... me the beaches and the and the bimbos. Beaches and bimbos. There's a good... Uh, Beaches and bimbos. I'm going to write it down. All right. I don't know because I feel like... Because you see guys that are ugly as fuck and then they got some hot woman and it's like, okay, how did that happen? It's usually... They're rich and if I was smart enough, I'd be rich enough. E- either they're rich or they're funny. I see a... It's, I, I don't know. I, th- I know funny guys that aren't... Are getting late. <laughs> it's money. Let's not kid ourselves. Girls like a good personality. I'm not going to say that, or I'm not not going to say that. 
and you know, same thing with guys. Like guys like a person with a good personality, but they want that security. They want that money. They want to know they never have to work another day in their life. You can Jeff Bezos is example number one. It's have you seen his wife? The one he just divorced and made the richest woman in the world. No, the one he got with. She's not even that hot though. If I was the richest man in the world, I wouldn't be sleeping with my friends, my wife's friends. But it's all relative to Jeff Bezos. He had a he kind of had a glow up too though. Like do you, do you know what he used to look like before he went bald? I guess. Yeah, and like made. He's all always money. been like a little. Now he's like jacked. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I picture him just being like that little. Like I guess I haven't seen him real recently because I don't. I've seen him, but not being jacked. So no. No, like, dude, you have the best. You have the most money in the world. I mean, obviously it's not natural. He's probably on TRT and and HGH, but I mean, dude's he's kind of yoked. Not yoked, but he's he's not skinny. He's not like what you would think Bill Gates would look like, or Bill Gates. Uh, shit, uh, Jeff Bezos. Oh, uh, I was gonna he, say Bill Gates is also rich. Yeah, but he's not jacked. No, Je- uh, Jeff Bezos kind of jacked. But yes, no, just make me beautiful, man. I'll make some money. I may be dumb. You'll just be a TikTok star. I may be dumb, but I'd I'd be like Kelso off of that '70s show. Dumb. He was, was likable though. He was likable and pretty. Yeah. And just give me that, like, because I've lived my whole life being dumb and ugly. So I might <laughs> sounds like you're having a real moment here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting, sick and tired. I'm of putting being some dumb stuff out here, man. I haven't been able to get to the therapist lately, so I'm just laying some. I'm going See, through some shit. And you're shit. being very selfish because you're just trying to get laid. I'm trying to save the world here with my innovation and my genius. I'm trying to help mankind. While dicking down every girl on the East Coast. No, dude. Just give me a mansion in Malibu or something and. Yeah, I'll just take the women. Okay. Speaking of that, because uh, in my whole kind of scenario, I was thinking of like Dan Bilzerian. You know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Uh, well, he was a guy who uh, was famous for putting on Instagram. Like he was always surrounded by women. Oh, well, that's why I don't get on Instagram. <laughs> Suppose, and I've seen him on other stuff too. And he had he would he had a ton of money. And supposedly he was a poker player. And it came out that. Uh, his dad gave him a bunch of money, um, but he's broke now. Uh, but he, you'd see him like surrounded by women and, uh, he was driving tanks and he'd have like pictures with like all these money and guns, but he's broke now. Sounds like a real douchebag. He's a huge douche, okay. but he's broke. He's I'm getting... glad you were going to be like, that's who I'm going to be. No, he's getting his come up. he now. sounds like a he total piece of shit. He sunk a bunch of money into a CBD company and went, and he lost like his ass and now he's like broke. Well... For a guy who's been working since the day he turned 16, get a fucking job, guy. <laughs> He's going to have to Have now. no sympathy for me. He's going to have to. Okay, so uh, again, guys, send in your, uh, your answer to our Pick Your Poison. Would you rather be hot and stupid or smart and ugly? So send it, uh, let us like know. a good mixture of both. A little ugly, but we're a little dumb. we're a little smart too. In real life, yeah, no, I'm I'm a little smart, but I am definitely ugly. <laughs> I'm glad we're both not like, well, I'm already hot and smart, so that's an easy one. <laughs> I choose neither. At least we're being real about it. It's like, man, it would be nice to be handsome or to lose like thirty pounds. Like that'd be. I cool. look in the mirror and I'm like, I, dude, I thank God that I'm married. Because if I oh, had yeah, a I, date I right be... now, I'd be, I'd, I'd just go get some cats. I'd have it'd cats, be over. and I'd have a Pornhub premium account. Yeah. And, like, a yeah. big screen TV with, like, all hooked up to it. 
I'd have a surround sound, so I'd get. The, I'd, I like the noises sometimes. I'd have a sponsorship deal with like Vaseline. <laughs> like I'm hey, just why? glad I'm married to man because I'm yeah. not the kind of person that's like, let's go out and meet some chicks. Like I have never. That was the first time I've ever said that line in my life. I am not about to go out and talk to strangers. <laughs> that sounds terrible to me. No, I just, I, dude, I really am glad that I'm married. Cause oh, yeah. I we were just talking about, let me just say, clarify, after we talked about dicking down women, that was all rhetorical. Yes. We were both very happily married. Yes. And I wouldn't, yeah, I would love to change the world, but Claire, you're coming with me to New York. Yep. Yep. So... Lauren, I love you. I'm so glad you married me because I'd be in real trouble. Yeah, we would be. We would probably do this every day because we'd have nothing else to do. No, we would come over and we'll record us playing games. Which nothing wrong with that, but man, I'm glad I got a wife. No, we'd, we'd be on episode 500 by now. Oh, at least yeah, because we would have started this a long time ago. Yep. Uh, okay, so with that, we're gonna move on to a little Thanksgiving talk. Um, so we just kind of want to break down what's on our thanksgiving plate not necessarily the top four not necessarily a mount rushmore but what andrew what are your what what's on your thanksgiving plate like what are well, the things you I have to just, have and i did just limit it to four so it doesn't have to be mount rushmore but it is four because i'm not gonna tell you everything i like i wanted to really condense it and um, this is everything right so this is desserts included and this is yes. i can only get it like you're saying you're at a spread right now and you can only pick up four things you want me to just go off four of mine real quick go i would have turkey fried and i like the one it's fried like uh, cajun style like okay i guess seasoned or base bait what's that word ba- basted base, basted mm-hmm. and cajun that's fucking good um my mom makes this thing called um cheddar potato casserole which is very american of us have you ever had that no it sounds amazing yeah though. and she sent me the list of ingredients so i'm not gonna go through it but it's basically like hash browns like the hash browns you get in a bag you know, yeah. so they're a little, little diced up um you hold it all together with such. This is very bad for you, by the way. You hold it all together with sour cream, so you get a shitload of sour cream. Mm. Put it all in there. It's, it's holding. The, it's holding the potatoes together. Sprinkle in the, like bags of cheddar cheese, and then on top. <laughs> now that I'm saying this out loud, I realize how keep fat going. I am. Keep going. On top. Keep is going. A layer of crushed cornflakes. Keep even going. A crunch. And you just sprinkle that on top, and it's a casserole, so you just You think it. you're fat. When you said crushed up, I, in my head, I was like, you could do nacho cheese Doritos. <laughs> yeah, you could mix it up, or you could do potato chips. You Doritos. think you're fat. I just took your And it's not trip. even, it can't be Frosted Flakes. That'd be weird. It's Corn Flakes. So you don't want to have sure, the sugar you, taste. You just want the You the want crunch, that crunch to yeah. it, so it's, but it's so good. I'll send you, I, like, when my mom's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, just make that. And we just call it hash brown casserole. I was like, just make that. Yeah. Like, that's all I want. It's hash brown, sour cream, cheese with cornflakes sprinkled on top okay very american um i love dressing i've mentioned it before like i i would specifically ask for that for my birthday meal from like my grandma so dressing my aunt bob my great aunt bobby actually made it the best later on i found out i thought my grandma made it for years and then i found out that my i've been living a lot and it's my great aunt that's made it all along all childhood yeah i was like wait what nini didn't make this like no it's always been bobby it's like my life is a fucking lie let me go give aunt bobby a big kiss um, with brown gravy, I like it when you have like I like the chunky gravy too. Sometimes you get like my I guess my I guess they would do like boiled eggs and they so, have like the white the whites of the eggs. So or, like giblet gravy, yeah. like they take oh, the giblets out of the turkey it's, and yeah. Okay, that's what it is. That's fucking delicious. And then for my uh, dessert, pecan pie. I like okay. pecan pie All over right. pumpkin pie. I know how that's probably more seasonal, but I fucking love pecan pie, dude. That's my favorite part. Oh, I'll differ on the pies for sure. Um. So mine, uh, turkey, 
and I'll get to my preparation, how I like it here in a second. Turkey, a little ham. Uh, we make turkey and ham. That's two. Yeah, I'll go two meats. Okay, I go two Just meats. Clarifying, but I'm not sticking to four. <laughs> okay, because I'm fat. We've yeah, established this. This is gonna be Matt's dream plate, so it's unlimited. Right, we've established this. Um, <laughs> so turkey, a little bit of ham. Uh, we make broccoli rice cheese casserole. Dude, any casserole, I'm pretty much down. Broccoli rice cheese casserole. Uh, yams. Get a little yam action. Um, dressing, obviously. Um, uh, with uh, with with gravy on top. Mashed potatoes, of course, and then Lauren makes this corn. Um, it's like a corn casserole. It's like a warm corn casserole, but it's got like cream cheese, corn, bacon, and cheddar cheese on top. And she bakes it in the oven, and it's dynamite. It's see, so good. I did not see the bacon coming. That's yeah, delicious. it's so good. Um, and then she'll put like half uh, in half the dish. She'll put she'll chop up jalapenos and put jalapenos in there. Um, she'll bake it in the oven. Um, and there's there's other stuff, uh, green bean casserole I like, um, and then for my dessert I'll go sweet potato pie, yeah. or chocolate pie. I love like a chocolate with, like pie. Chocolate meringue. I could do either or. Um, you I feel could like just, that's what we would always have was meringue. Pie. You could, chocolate meringue pie. You could keep the meringue. Um, Lauren does too. She does meringue for everybody, and then I like just straight up chocolate pie. I have um, no. Pre- I mean, as long as there's chocolate in there, who's yeah, I'm yeah. Not eat it. But I'm weird. I don't like pecan or pumpkin really. I mean, I'll eat them. Those are my probably my top two. Yeah, well, yeah. I uh, yeah. I would say I like apple pie, but that would be kind of. It's more holiday themed, so yeah. yeah. Pecan. I like apple pie too. Um. So and you've already stopped. So you, are you turkey or ham guy or both? Growing up, I never gave ham a chance. It seems like I don't know why I wouldn't. Like, I didn't even eat ham sandwiches growing up. I guess yeah. I just thought it was weird. But I guess later on, I found out ham's actually pretty fucking good, especially if it's like the honey glaze, so it's yeah, got that sweet sure. to it. Yeah. So I like ham, but if we're picking, if we're being really specific here, I'm a turkey guy. Okay. Because, yeah. and the best part, you know, we got to mention how the best part about all this is the sandwiches for the Days week. Days after, following. yeah. Yeah. Or it can literally just be like mustard or, or Miracle Whip. You don't even have to put cheese on it, you know, just... Just your one preference of condiment, and just load that fucker down with with hurt turkey or ham. So for sure, for sure. So I'm a big I'm a big believer in sandwiches post Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, I like both. Uh, if I had to choose, I'd probably be turkey, and it's because and that'll I'll segment that'll segue us into uh, into this next kind of question because in the last three years I've started smoking my turkeys. Mm-hmm. For years growing up, mom would put it in the oven. Mom, God rest your soul. I love you, but it was always dry. Never very good. Most oven baked turkeys aren't very good. They're mostly dry. Yeah, we don't do that. So, um, and then um, several years ago, we started frying turkeys, and I kind of stepped it up a notch. I was like, okay, yeah, that's the I way see that. Go. It's just dangerous to me. I see that. Well, you got to make sure you, you get that thing completely dry. Like, you have to get it completely dry. There cannot be any frost on it, any moisture, because no, that's, that's what causes the flare-ups. Yeah, that's what's asking for a disaster. Yeah, so, um, and then scary. a few years back when I got uh, when I got my smoker, I smoked a turkey. And really, it's like a two-day process. I think I told you about it when I made Thanksgiving for Lauren's family. So, yeah, you know, pictures. I brine, you know, I brine it, I brine it for 24 hours and then I pull it out and I'll inject it with, uh, like, a, either a Creole butter or like a garlic butter. I'll inject the legs, I'll inject the breast, I'll take the butter and I'll uh, get up under the skin 
and then I'll stuff it with apples and onions and celery and carrots and uh, oranges. Oranges, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, any any kind of just fruit, citrus, any kind of fruity flavor, and you mix it with the onions and the celery and the carrots. And I you didn't, stuff I didn't all, you, you stuff fruit. the cat. Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you stuff the cavity, and then I I smoke it at two seventy five. Because if you do it any lower, you run the risk of your skin not getting crispy, and you'll get that real rubbery skin. And so just smoke that thing and when when you brine it that adds moisture and flavor to it and then when you inject it because with white meat or any kind of poultry you you want to try to keep as much moisture get as much moisture into the meat as you can man you smoke that thing for a few hours out there and it just it melts in your mouth yep. so after i'm i'm that a smoked so turkey good. guy so um i know you've got plans but we're doing thanksgiving just us and i'll have turkey left over i would rather just go to your house my plans suck <laughs> so uh, after that i'll never not smoke a turkey ever yeah. again um i've never prepared a turkey they've always done that shit yeah but we're bringing mac and cheese and uh Ooh, i forgot mac and cheese uh, mac and cheese is <laughs> see i'm fat dude and i'm hungry i'm getting hungry i should have took you off on that pizza there's earlier. more pizza after this if you um want so yeah that's our thanksgiving talk for for thanksgiving coming up um, please guys get involved let us know um let us know what you like on your plates yeah um with that we're gonna get into our movie watching review for this week like i mentioned we uh we watched the rock in memory of sir sean connery who passed i'd like a legend though too well died in his sleep like in the bahamas rest in peace man. at like 90 like <laughs> Done There's it not all. a better way to go. Yeah, he already he already won like Mister Universe. Yeah, you know, from like the '60s or '50s or whatever. First James Bond, and then he was Indiana Jones's dad. I mean, just could just you imagine? Lived, could you imagine the trim that guy pulled throughout the years? Oh, absolutely, around the world too. Like yeah. he wasn't just like living in Malibu. Like he could go anywhere in the world. And they'd be like, "You're Sean Connery." Yes, I am. And they they take their clothes off. Unclothe. Yep, and he just goes. He yeah. goes like that. You can't yeah. see what I'm doing. He's just dropping his hand and panties drop. Yep. That's so, yeah. So, we watched The Rock with uh, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Who and put Ed in Harris. Yeah. Just and Ed Harris. Um, and it was just... It, I had never seen it. And you, they really blew your blew mind. Away, dude. I didn't want to say that on air. Me and you're like, hey, I still got like an hour and a half left. Um, I can just come over now and we can bullshit. He's like, but I've never seen it. It's like, you've never seen The Rock. Of course you need to finish it. Like, I watched this movie a dozen times growing up easily on VHS. It was so Do good, Do yourself dude. a favor and just finish this movie. I didn't want to put that out on the air, but... Um, but you've never seen I, it? But I, no, no, no. And I, I, I'm going to blow your mind with some of the movies I haven't seen. See, I just watched too many. I, I got literally hundreds of movies in that shit. Like, that's all I did when I got my first job. I worked at the movie theater... And then when I get paid, I would buy movies and like CDs and books. I'd go to Hastings. You know what I'm talking I about. I love Hastings. People who don't know, it's like just a superstore of like you could rent movies, buy movies, books, anything, video anything, games, yeah, like electronics CDs. like that. I wasted thousands of dollars. It, it's a uh, it's a much it's a it was a much affordable, much more affordable uh, Barnes and Noble. Oh yeah, way better. Much more affordable. They had used books, used CDs. They had all the. Uh, this is random, but I remember they even had like a wrestling section to rent from, and I would go and I'd be like WrestleMania seventeen. Let's go. Friday nights decided. <laughs> yeah, like, SummerSlam ninety two. Let's go. I'd just go and watch these random ones. I would. That's where I would rent all my wrestling, and I'd buy like a Limp Biscuit shirt while I was there. That's you know? right. Yeah. So yeah. like the. 20 years ago, man, I was pretty cringy, but I was living my best life. Well, that's right, man. So you want to kick us off? and So and what, what did you, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I didn't want to say 
what do you think? Because we know what you think. It's a great movie. At the very end, I got three out of four stars. I go in a four-star system. Dude, it was just, it was, there were so many one-liners, and it had everything. It had action. It had... Good action, too. It wasn't like, it was cheesy at times, but... It was cheesy at times. You could tell they did, like, they, they put money into this movie, because, like, when they're under, like, jumping ahead, way ahead, but when they're, like... It was when the Navy SEALs tried to go in, and they were going in through, like, the bathroom. Yeah. They were sitting ducks. You know, they had yeah. them surrounded. So in the showers. So back down, and they were in the tunnel system. That was all, like, I, I, some of that was just, like, production design. You know, like, they were in, like, they, they made these sets, and you're just like, dude, they spent money on this movie. And, you know, people give, like, Jerry Brockheimer a, a, a shit, a bad time because... And that was Michael Bay, too, right? It was Michael Bay and Jerry Brockheimer, and I was like, those two together... You know, they might make, like, a, every ex, like the explosions and everything's, like, just over the top. But, you know, it was a good movie. It had a good story structure. It had good characters. And to me, like, those two guys, you know they're going to, like, spare no expense. For yeah. Mar- for Brockheimer and Michael Bay. Like, they're known for going, like, over budget and going over the top with their movies. And sometimes they, you know, they come out shitty. Like, I've never seen any Transformers movies just because, I don't know, I just had a thing against Michael Bay after that. But, you know, he made Bad Boys. Bad Boys is a good fucking action movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like, those guys, they know how to make good, enjoyable movies. And that's pretty much what I put on here. I put very first thing because you still have a Hollywood Pictures image. And, like, that, and, like, back in the day, you're like, you know it's going to be a good movie when you would see certain productions. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood Pictures, Jerry Brockheimer films. Uh, It's not the best story and acting, but it's great production and entertainment. It made over hundred million at the box office, so that was just my initial first thought when I was getting going. And you know, I knew I was going to be entertained when I saw those two. I was like, even the you know, especially in hindsight, because I didn't know when I was a kid. But when you see that combo, you at least know you're going to be entertained for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to win any awards, but it's a good rewatchable. But movie. sometimes it's good just to shut off the brain and just be and entertained. And that's what you get with yeah. these movies. That's what I'm saying. Like that, those guys. Because if you looked at their past movies, you'd be like. They didn't win an awards, but damn, that was a good two hours. That was a fun two hours. Well, I liked how Nick Cage kind of played this nervous Nelly, you know, super smart uh, character, which is kind of uh, is kind of a break from a lot of characters he's played. You know, I'm thinking of Con Air, Face Off, um, 90s. You know, mm-hmm. like, but it was just kind of refreshing to see him in in a in a different role. Yeah. A smart role, you know, nervous. Which is a good, like, role for him to play as an action hero because he's not shredded like Schwarzenegger or all yeah. these guys. Because in the 80s, when you think of action movie stars, you think of, like, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, you know, those guys that were, like, ripped. And that's your action hero. And then in the 90s, it was like, no, it's more like um, Ed Harris or Nicolas Cage. And then with his character in Nick Cage's, was it Good, was it good, good night? night? Was it Good Night? Pretty sure it was Good Night. Or Goodfellow? I think it was Good Night. Anyway, his character, it was more brain... Good speed. Good speed. That was it. Yeah, good speed. Because they were to have the conversation about God speed. Yeah, um, and they, that was like the origin of his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was more brains over brawn, which was cool. But then he still found, like, it was this whole thing, like, he was pushing himself, and he, he was telling... He, was, he, he would tell himself he couldn't do it, and then he pushed himself to, you know, to... to chase him down or to get the guts up to do this or do that. So that was a cool, that was a cool character. Yeah. You don't get a lot of character development in movies just cause you know, the time, but he did have some character development. Yeah. He, he grew some big balls by yeah. the movie. And yeah. even at one point where he's like talking to the FBI guys, like I need a gun. 
like, where's your other, you know, where's your gun? He's like, oh, I, I, I left it at the house. I never need it. And they're like, just give him a gun. You know, it just shows, like, he's not the kind of guy that's always, you know, licensed to kill. Bang, bang, Bond yeah. reference, You know, he's not like James Bond where he's out here just fucking women and he's killing a scientist. guys. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's on the bomb squad. You know, he's like a man of, he has like a chemical engin- engineering degree. Like, that's yeah. what he is. He was just thrust into this position. So that was cool. And the fact that he needed, you know, he was basically relying on, well, once they made it to the rock, he was basically doing whatever Connery Sean Connery. Um, well, and he kept Sean Connery. That was his name, yeah, Mason. Nick Mason. Yeah, they, he kept him. Mason. He kept him going. Like he was gonna leave. Like once everybody got massacred, he was like, "Nah, I'm out of here." Yeah, he was about to get out of there. Um, no, it was it was really good. Um, and the scene at the hotel where he makes his first escape that attempt. Was when he uh, shakes yeah. the FBI director's hand. First of all, it, Nick Mason's the drummer of. Uh, Floyd brother. So I was it? like, I don't think that's, I don't think that was his name. Nick Mason's. His name was Nick Mason. It was Mason. I don't think it was Nick Mason. That'd be a weird coincidence. Anyways, already said that. I was like, that's the drummer for Floyd, right? Dude, uh, I'm gonna ramble on. You look it up. Uh, look up his for character the, in that movie for the Rock. Rock. Yeah. All right. Um, but when he shook the FBI director's hand, slipped the rope over it, and you and you know before because they have like this, this under ongoing, like beef because he was. Why he was locked up for 30 years, he basically figured out all of our dirty secrets. Like, yeah. What is yeah. that at Area 51? Who killed Kennedy? And it's all in a microfilm. Yeah, he had a microfilm, and this guy, that the FBI director that he basically traps, they, that's why he was, um, that's why he did it before, because he was going to reveal all these secrets. So that's, I'm just telling you, that's why he was, he's not just being a dick and about to throw the FBI guy Right, no, 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 yeah. He screwed him over and sent yeah. him to jail for 30 years. Yeah. And there was some pretty cool camera work, like when he had the, the barber's cape on. And they like shot in between his legs underneath the cape, and you could see him like getting the rope ready. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, he shakes his hand, and he, you know, he he puts the rope on him, and he throws him over the throws rail. Over. His arm would have just ripped off. <laughs> yeah, like, his, I'm sorry, dude. His shoulder, he would have detached his yeah, shoulder. And he would have just fallen. He would have just ground. ripped his arm off. And he but, was, he's like, oh, let me up. And it's like, no, dude, you you at least separated shoulder, ligament damage, and you'd be passed and out if, from pain if your, your arm, arm didn't rip yeah. off. Because that guy's probably a smooth two twenty. And the weight of that, you know, being flung off a building and held and on by your wrist like and snapping. Yeah, dude, he would have oh, yeah. ripped his arm off. I didn't think about that, but you're 100% right. No, dude. and then we get a cool, like, straight out of the crew. Remember the old uh, arcade game, Cruising USA? We get that We get that car, the chasing. That really was, like, inspired by Cruising USA. It really was, dude. on the dude. streets of San Francisco. San Francisco. So that's when you go over the hill and you double pat, double yeah. pat the gas and, and you boost it. Yeah, and you jump. <laughs> what was his name? John Patrick Mason. John Patrick Mason. So shout out Mason. to Nick Mason, though. Great drummer. Damn. Anyway. Dude, I'm taking L's all over this podcast. Um, <laughs> but no, that was a cool scene. Um, and then we get uh, we get the uh, Marines involved. Um, and also, I just want to say that Alcatraz is such an awesome setting. And the fact that it's like in the backdrop of San Francisco, that that's yeah. going to be the target. We'll find yeah. out later on. But just how cool is it that a movie is going to take place on the rock like right. in Alcatraz? Yeah. And we find out that he's the only person. And that's why he gets involved. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why, they that's why he gets because, involved. Because they're like, no one's ever escaped. He's like, well, there is one. Yep. One guy did. He's been in a cage for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, it just had everything. Uh, yeah, we, that's what I'm saying. It, it really did. It had... Ed, it had the ingredients of a great action movie. Ed Harris, uh, we find out that he's uh, the antagonist. Um, he's upset that um, basically, I mean, it's kind of some real life shit, that the government uses 
the Marines use they use people up for their bidding, and and then they kind of just throw them away when they're not needed. No recognition. Uh, he was like, my no, guys didn't even get like a a military funeral. You know, like they were like wiped off the books. Their family got nothing. And you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, man, fuck that, man. Like that that is messed up. Yeah. I started to get Stockholm syndrome like halfway through the movie. I was like, this guy's right. They got treated yeah. very wrongly. So, and that's kind of his motivation. He wants a hundred million dollars, and he's gonna pay. Uh, it was a million to each of his. It was like eighty something, or it came up to like eighty. Eighty million would be allotted to like the the, the families, families, and, and then I the guess rest they would have taken the rest. The for rest, the crew that yeah, did his job. yeah. So, which again is very honorable because the majority of it's going to pay the dead people or their families. So, um, and that's kind of that's the uh, that's kind of the plot of the whole movie, and then yeah. it's it's and a they, and you should say they stole this chemical warfare. It was called um. VX, yeah, I VX gas, was, which was fucking lethal, man. That one guy that at the beginning first scene, out, yeah, you just see like this green pod and it breaks. Cause I watched that when I was like ten years old, and I was like, oh my god, his face just melted. That was off. some cool like um, prosthetic and like effects work uh, mm-hmm. for the time. Like that guy's face like bubbled up and like ex- oozed and exploded. Yeah, that's not CGI, like you said. That's all prosthetics, yeah, and, like, makeup. Yeah, that um, was fucking cool. And terrifying but yeah so you know uh Ed harris's character's got all these rockets strapped with this vx gas they, they, yeah they were saying like one teaspoon would like take out a city block and they yeah. got each pods like the size it looks like a like a like smaller, a golf ball yeah like a little bit bigger than a golf ball and they're like lined in this canister there's probably like a couple dozen per yeah. so they yeah. got a shit so basically they got enough to take out all of san francisco yeah um and that's how nick cage gets they gets said, uh roped into nick it caged. He was getting it in, and they they ruined that. Oh, when he after he found out when he got uh, the phone call, he's going to be a dad. Yeah, he's like, this cannot. He's inside yeah. of his wife, going, "This cannot be happening." And there was a lot of cool like moments of him <laughs> acting like that. You know, uh, it was just Nick totally Cage was great. Yeah, no, Nick Cage was great. Um, Nick Cage is great. Is great. Is great. <laughs> but you know, in true fashion. Good guys win in the end. Nick Cage turns into a total badass. Yep. Um, I don't. Know. I just thought it was. I thought it was good, and I'm glad. I'm glad we picked this one. Because what would what would have been our other Sean Connery tribute movie to watch? We could have done Some Bond, Bond, or like um, the third um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Where he, because you know he's the dad. Fuck, I don't know. Probably that. Yeah. Those. Yeah. No, but it was good. I'm glad. I'm glad you picked that one because, like I said, I'd never seen it and it was really good. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen. It. That's why we're not gonna like. Go no, over it too yeah, much we're not gonna. To me, it was just reliving a classic. You know, that was very good. I had shoot 'em up scenes. Yeah, and at the end where they, <clears throat> where Ed Harris, they basically called his bluff. Like mm-hmm. he was like, "I'm gonna shoot if you don't." You know, you got 48 hours, and then time runs out, and there's these two rogue soldiers with them, and they're like just ready to commit mass mass murder. And um, he's like, you know, they called their bluff, or they called our bluff, and that's it. You know, we're leaving. Well, then it turns into I think they, I think they what they call is Mexican shootout, Mexican standoff, Mexican standoff, where it's like Reservoir Dogs, and everyone's pointing their guns at each other. And um, yeah, so that's how Ed Harris finally gets it, R.I.P. But I just thought that was cool too, that Reservoir Dogs s shootout. And then a couple more scenes I'll I want to talk about is they kind of start softening Mason's character early on because he goes to meet up with his daughter. Yeah. Like, that's where he runs from. The hotel, too, is, like, his daughter. That was the whole thing, just to go see his daughter and yeah. talk to her. Which, I, they never state, but uh, I, that was his daughter. I mean, they gave us enough kind of context mm-hmm. there to that, that was his daughter. And then, at the end, um, 
when everything's over and and Nick Cage is talking to the FBI director, like, what happened to Mason? And he's like, uh, he, died. died in the blast. He was vaporized. Yeah, because that's how, like, they were going to, you know, they, they finally said, like, we're just going to, and they had hostages, the bad guys in there, like, we're just going to have to level the rock, which, level Alcatraz, and they were sending, like, a friggin' bomb squad of F-15. F-15 fighters, yeah. And after Nick Cage had the cool, he made that one guy that looked like a, a Wii character with that jaw yeah, about. Yeah. He made him eat one of those pods. Yeah. You see him like start to disintegrate and die. And then he gets out there, he ejects himself with the atrophy or uh, no, um, atropine. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever that's supposed to like counteract, counterbalance this. And then he gets on there, there's that iconic picture of him like waving the, the flares. The flares and they pull up. And that's why he was like, so they pulled up, but they dropped one. They, they dropped, dropped one. one of the bombs. And that's why he was like, you know, it got Mason. He's gone. And that was like, Basically, him paying him back because Mason saved his ass many times. Yeah, Nick Cage wouldn't have made it in that movie if he didn't have. Um, now I'm just gonna call him Nick Mason, but John Patrick Mason, you know Connery. So he was like, yeah, he was leveled, he was vaporized. But he's letting him go live his life because but, because they, as soon as uh, as soon as Mason uh, agreed to help him, because they offered him a. Uh, a pardon yeah they were, they were like we'll pardon you you know you walk out the door right now and, and then signed as, it and then they just ripped it as up soon as he walked out of the room they ripped it up and, yeah. and, and they knew he was gonna go straight back to jail like cage knew that yeah like, well cage saw him rip it up mm-hmm. and so he told him later on in the movie hey they ripped up your 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 pardon and, and so that was his gift to that was his gift to mason you know to let him go and let him go live his life and then, and then but um mason paid him back too when or yeah when he was like he gives him like this random instruction. He's like this one specific, you know, um, yeah. church, second row under the bench. And they're first off. They just outside leg. Yeah. And he's like, Hey honey, you want to find out who killed Kennedy? And they're driving away. So it's like, that's how the movie is. This film. It's like, he's got all the secrets. He's now. got all the secrets. And I put on here, man. Um, wouldn't this movie make a sweet fucking prequel to national treasure? No, like a prequel to oh. the Rock, because you could learn about <laughs> we could learn about um, Ed Harris's squad and how they got fucked over. Yeah, we no, could that have would a, be cool. A prequel of just Connery's character, like doing these sweet ass missions. Because there's so many. Because he's an old SAS agent. Yeah, like they a made badass. Him like he was a badass back in the day, and they gave all these people such cool backstories. I was like, I would love to know more about this backstory, like how he came in yeah. possession of all this. And I just wrote on here, I think it would be great for the prequel because you could make. It would be, have to be like a whole franchise because you could do a prequel on like all of them. And yeah. You could do a sequel where they go to, I don't, know, I don't even know, another popular person like Sing Sing or uh, what's it called? Folsom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, would, I was about to say, it'd be cool to see what uh, Sean Connery's character's doing, but that'd be a little tough. Too soon, bro. Eh, it's been a couple weeks. We're okay. We can do that. Um, okay. So that was The Rock. Highly recommended. Uh, I had to pay for it, though. So did I. Oh, no, I didn't. It was on Hulu. It was on oh, Hulu. it was on Hulu, yeah. It was Hulu ad-free. I never yeah, it was on ad. Hulu. Um, so with that, we are going to draw out of the hat for our movie watch and review next week. That way, if anyone's interested that listens, they could watch it and agree or disagree with us. Yeah, and y'all can send in feedback or questions or comments. So do you want to do it? You go for oh, it. Oh, me. All right, here we go. Old hat. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. And we just keep this in here too, so we can just get to it one day. What is it? What is it? Jerry Maguire. Oh, nice. Jerry Maguire. I think that was probably like ninety-five. 
I think it was 96, actually. But I remember that because I remember watching that with my parents. And Ooh. they hadn't watched it before. And when he was banging out his fiance, my yeah. parents freaked out because I was not even 10 yet. And I remember my parents were just like, go to your room right now. And I'm like, what is going <laughs> what on? What did I do? Yeah, like, what did I do? Like, get out of here. Go. You know, fine, I'll go look at Dad's Playboy. Don't give a shit. There t- was, it was titties, right? You saw, I think you saw like a side boot, but he was banging her out pretty hard. He like yeah. turned her up against the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah, they yeah. were just really going at it. So it's got Tom Cruise. Renee Zellweger, um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding won, uh, Jr. Won an Oscar. Jay Moore. Yeah, he's an asshole. Now. Jay Moore. Uh, what's his name from uh, Scream Two? O'Donnell. Jerry O'Donnell. Jerry yeah. O'Donnell. He, he's a he's a player. He's the like number number one. Going to be number one quarterback. Pick. Yep. Yeah. So no, uh, I'm excited. I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, show me I the can money. Remember one line that I always remember when he writes his manifesto or whatever to like yeah. get out, and the guy at the coffee machine, he's like. That's how you become famous, man. You hang your nuts out there. Yeah. So like, I was always like, yeah, this is kind of true. You got to take a risk. There's some good that was lines. The point he was trying to make. No, basically. there's some good. You know, show me the money. You complete me. Oh, that. Those are those are all. You had me at hello. Yeah. Those are all just iconic lines that people still say today. And if you say it, and you're at least like our age, like if you know, like, you know what they're talking about. If someone says, if they looked at you and got all sad and said, "You had me at hello," you'd be like. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I remember the kid. He's like the human head weighs eight pounds. Yep. The and little adorable kid. With, uh, some, I remember he had a reference. Jerry did in that conversation. I think he had a Troy Aikman reference. Yeah. He was like, did you know the human brain? He's like, did you know Troy Aikman? Blah, blah, blah. Three for what? It, yeah. 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 No, it's just, it's a good story. So I'm excited. Um, so we'll watch that next And week. I love um, Cameron Crowe movies. Yeah, it's very good. Was, I think he's one of the best writer-directors. At least for a while, I think he made a movie like Aloha that wasn't that good. But up until like Almost Famous, because I think he made Elizabeth Town wasn't that great. But uh, there was a run there where Cameron Crowe was like one of my favorites. No, he 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 made some good ones. Um, I'm I'm stoked that it's a, a Cameron Crowe movie. And then I've always liked Tom Cruise. I understand he's kind of crazy when it comes to Scientology, but to me he's and I was gonna suggest it for our. Um, Mount Rushmore, but almost like a box office draw. Like, who's your top? Because, like, Quentin Tarantino, when he makes a new movie, or Scorsese, like, I usually go and see it. But for a lot of people, like, Tom Cruise is still, like, one of those classic box office draws. Um, and, you know, I, I he was so he good in his younger, like, Days of Thunder, Top Gun, which I, like I, his newer movies too, I can't man. wait for Top Gun 2 to called, come out. Um, Edge of Tomorrow? I yeah. love that, man. That's yeah. a solid movie. I like his Mission Impossible I thought he was, too. I was about to say, I thought he was great in Mission Impossible. I love Mission Impossible. Like, I've seen them all. Like, I had the Nintendo 64 game. I've always liked them. So I had no problem watching a good... Um, and I got that DVD somewhere, dude. I just got to find it. <laughs> All right. So we've got our next movie set, Jerry Maguire. Guys, get it. Watch it. Uh, interact with us. And get involved. And we'll try not to yell, show me the money, like, more than once. Oh, that would be fucking annoying. I'm going to blast it, dude. <laughs> I know Claire's going to open the door and be like, what the fuck is going on in here? Um, All right. With that... Let's get into a little bit of sports. Um, we had the NBA draft this week. Anthony Edwards went from Georgia, guard from Georgia, being compared to Dwayne Wade by several people. He went number one overall. Um, I got no problem with that. I mean, they already got a big man. They already got Cat, so it makes sense to just yep. get like a, a good. And he's he's more of a shooter, so he's not a point guard. He's more of a creator. So get you a guy because they made you know they traded for Wiggins when they got Wiggins, and it was like. Um, He's just like a better version of Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no problem with that. I understand that pick completely. And then who went to? 
Um, why did we not write this down? I don't know. I know Lonzo, Lamello, or not Lonzo, Lamelo Ball went Lamello three. Went three, yeah. I can't. I can't. I, 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 I didn't, let me pull this up real quick because we do not. Admittedly, I don't. You know, basketball is not my strong suit, but I can't believe he fell to three. And I, because I was reading something earlier on. Saying that he was consensus, you know, several months ago. But, I mean, you know, I've always heard he's the best of the. And his brother, I believe, Lonzo went number two. Yeah, so he did. he's the best. The fact that he did fall to three, and he and he forego he he forfeited his year of eligibility for college. And he, he went to play in Australia. Australia. Yeah. So he's, I like when people do that because I like the fact that they show that they can play with these grown ass men. Like, um, of course it's not coming up immediately. So just keep on talking. Great radio. <laughs> um, Mavs ended up getting, uh, I don't know the dude's name, but everybody. Second <laughs> <laughs> uh, We literally didn't write anything down for this. Dude, I can see, what were we doing? I can see the listeners dropping off right now. Um, no, I mean, but I, get, I think based on the Twitter reaction, like everybody was good with it. Like We needed defensive Australian. help. We oh, needed yeah, defensive great. help. and uh, they, I've heard he was the best. Uh, oh, Wiseman, duh. The guy we talked about. Oh was, yeah, yeah. Who was who went to who went to um Warriors and I hate to sound like an asshole, but thank God Clay Thompson went down because they just they they're already so good and they just would have gotten so much better. Like obviously I I, I don't want anything bad to happen Clay Thompson, but they just they were just so loaded. That's so yeah. Wiseman. Now they're getting a guy that was about seven foot with probably a seven foot eight wingspan to just guard the paint and just bang in the paint while these shooters just light it up. Yeah. So, but uh, I forget the the kid um, Dallas shafted, but Josh Green, something it Green, was green. Yeah. yeah. And you know they took him because he was like an A plus athlete. They said he was probably the best athlete in the in the in the draft. And we just have a problem defending these guards like late in games with under five minutes left. We would either lose leads or we would get completely out of contention in games because we couldn't stop these and, guys. And they were saying this will take some of the responsibility off of Luca. Oh yeah. You know Luca won't have to do. Do all that, um, and then I saw that um, uh, Willie Cauley Stein re-upped. Oh, with us? Yep. I got no problem with that. Yep. I liked him. Yep. Uh, he re- he re-upped. Probably um, cheap too, because I know we didn't have much no, money, and we no, can he... we have a um, the veterans minimum and a mid-level exception. So they were saying, you know, we could make a few moves, but you'd have to be really like. I think they're going to clever with it. I think they're going to uh, steal a Jerry Jones term. Um, they're going to keep their powder dry for twenty twenty one. 2021 is going to be And go after Giannis or whoever whoever else they want to. Um, to... And I just want to say, Nick's got Obi Toppin, who we talked about like in episode one about being a potential yeah. top three pick. Mm-hmm. And he's from Brooklyn. So how cool is that? That he And then they gutted their roster. They, they, they cleared out about $40 million in space. Of course, they're the Knicks, so they didn't really get anybody in, in return. But they could also just be building up for next year, like he said. Yep. So Obi Toppin, who I think, like if we're talking about buying cards, I'm probably going to get a couple of these Obi Toppins because that guy playing in New York, I you know, where the spotlight's on you even bigger. Because I do still consider that to be like the mecca of basketball. Um, it gets It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, there was a Jalen Smith taken by the, by the Suns at 10. Hopefully, he plays defense better. <laughs> Has to. Um, and then we're um, we did make a trade that night. We traded um Seth Curry, yeah, Josh Richardson. But you know, a lot of people were okay with that because we have a lot of good shooters, mm-hmm. and we were like, I think we were the highest rated offense like in NBA history last year. Yeah, we're which is yeah. awesome. But you see what it, it only got us the number six seed and out in round one. So we're we're not we're not losing our offensive identity. 
but we're adding a great defensive player. So the way they looked at it is we got three great defenders that night that can obviously, like Richardson can obviously play pro ball, and they're saying, you know, he'll be your starter, two guard, more than likely. So, and Seth was coming off the bench. So when you look at it that way, he traded a bench player for a starter, but Seth Curry was a, is a great shooter. And did you know he's married to Doc Rivers' daughter? So now huh. his new coach is his father-in-law. Austin Rivers just signed, uh, where did he sign at today? Boston, maybe? I've never been a big fan of his. I don't think he's that great. He went to Boston. Uh, speaking of Boston, Gordon Hayward got out. Opted out of 30? How cocky are you to opt out of a $34 million deal? After, he, after, after you, injury, you've missed, I, yeah. he missed like 212 games over the last like three I, years. I would have thought like, dude, you, you should opt out only to re-sign at a discount for, but I know that's not going to happen. But Or just take your money because you may not ever get it again. But he did get a four-year 120, so he's making less annually, but he made like, you know, 90 plus $86 million over the next four years uh, plus. So, right. I mean, I he went to it. Charlotte, didn't he? Yeah, he went to Charlotte. Yeah. Which, Charlotte ain't going to do shit. They just have, you know, teams have to spend a certain, they have to spend up to, I think, 90% of the yes, cap. So yes. it's like, they just had to spend. There's a floor. You they have had to, to get somebody. Charlotte ain't going to do shit. Let's see um, the Charlotte Bobcats do. But, you know, there was a lot of good players in that draft because they would be like, oh, and at number 12, you know, this Halliburton out of Iowa State, they were like, a lot of people thought he might be the best prospect in the draft. And what killed me is right before we picked, the Timberwolves got um the Oh shit. And then they traded that to the Thunder. Those cocksuckers. Or was he the Serbian the Serbian Scorpion? Scor- the only thing though is he he's seven foot, but he lay he weighs less than we do. He weighs like under two hundred pounds. Oh jeez. Yeah, so they're like obviously so he's obviously gonna play overseas. But they're like, now if he can get on a regiment, if he can bulk up, because they're like, he's a seven foot, but he plays point guard. They said he handles the ball, he shoots smooth, he's not going to get in the paint because guys would just bulldoze him. You know, imagine Anthony Davis backing him down. Like he's or just Zion. He's just gonna, yeah, Zion would easily. Zion's got 100 pounds on him of, of mainly muscle. So they're saying, like, he's going to stay over there. That's why it would have been great for us because it would have been one of those draft and stashes. It's an investment. Yeah, which down the road, which perfect for the Thunder because they have. They've made more trades since, but at one point they had 17 first-round picks over the next, like, seven years. And I know they got a few more now, so it might be closer to 20 picks over the next seven years. insane. And that doesn't mean, like, they're going to use them all. Or pan out, yeah. They can package it and be like, I'll give you three number ones for that guy. And they'd be like, that sounds amazing. And those could be, you know, later picks because in basketball, if you don't have – usually if you don't have a top five pick – why do you even have a pick, you know? Right, right. Because they're so slim, but it's like, yeah, I would totally package three number ones and go get you a guy. Mm-hmm. So now they just have ammunition. So I love what they're doing there. I love how, they, how they're how they rebuilding. All right. So for, that, I think we're – what is today? Sorry, but today's – We're not far. It's a month, right? Yeah. They're going to start on December 22nd, so we're So training camp should be here now soon. Yeah, they. I think they are starting like in a in – a, um, In a – in a few week. days. Yeah, in a few days. It's going to start up because they do the summer league, which now it's not summer league, but they do all that in Vegas just to get ready. And uh, we're in fantasy basketball. I don't know if you want in, but me and Alex are in our league together. Ryan joined. Ryan got into basketball for once. Uh, Paul's in it. Yeah, so I might. I we might. can kick people out because we got people in this league we don't know, and there's a couple guys. I was like, we don't know this guy. He's a douchebag. We just don't have anybody to fill it in. So yeah, I might just give me something in, to do. You could easily take I don't want to talk about fantasy anything right now. So... Okay. Uh, it's a show divided tonight. Uh, I know we don't like to bring up the fantasy, bog down the show with fantasy talk, but me and Andrew are facing each other. Uh, it's, a, it's a good matchup, too. Everyone else is, like, putting out turds this week. Me and you are, like, 
And the, the final score is going to be like the high one teens. I think know. it's one. I think you're up one twenty to one ten or no, something, or one seventeen or one seventeen one zero seven. And you still got a running back left to go, so I'm hoping he sprains an ankle, breaks his dick off. I don't care. You know, at this point this year, I t- it it wouldn't surprise me if he like slips in the shower or something. And only misses one week. I'm not wishing like bad harm. Why not? I shouldn't have said, shouldn't have said broke his dick off. No guy wants that. Why not? He'd he'd join the rest of my team with being out extended time with injury. Well, you know what? Just save yourself the frustration and just move him to the bench. Just just eat that. Oil. You know, I would if like we had <laughs> it was like an NFL style draft, and I I would just tank for the number one pick next year. But we don't do it like that, and I'm. Right on the door, like I could, I'm not yeah. gonna play. I'm, I'm in sixth place. I think you're like an eighth, and we would have the same record. So it comes down to points. I just need my fucking team to get healthy. If I get one more injury update this year, I'm gonna lose my shit. But I looked like my top four, my top four draft picks missed multiple weeks this year, and a lot of it was at the same time. My fourth round draft pick OBJ isn't even on the team anymore. My sixth round draft pick, which was Zach Ertz, I did something I never do, and I said I'm going to draft a decent tight end. He's gone, so it's just been a cluster. Tight ends are so tough, man. It's, I really thought we could move to the extra flex tight ends, not mandatory. I might be down for that because you could still play your tight end. You just put them in your flex spot. I've been rocking like so many scrubs this year at tight end. Like, there's really like five good ones. If you don't get five good ones, you're just streaming. Well, that's them. what I usually do. I stream tight yeah. ends and defense because I don't waste draft picks on them. Which sometimes that works out. Like I saw you picked up Cleveland this week, and I was watching that at my dad's house, and I was like, ah, oh, look at Carson Wentz with that pick six. And I look, and I was like, God damn it, that's <laughs> Cleveland's defense. Like that son of a bitch. <laughs> and then I saw they had like eight sacks and like two or three turnovers. I was like, oh, motherfucker. His highest scoring was, oh, and I had Deshaun Watson in our other league. Yeah. So every time I'm getting Deshaun Watson updates, I'm getting the fuck out of here. But that, but I don't had... care so much about our other league. I care about the Ziggy yeah. league we're in. Yeah. Ziggy Stardust. I was like, that's the league I want to win. But so I was like, I don't give a fuck about this the, other but one. That's, but that's the thing. Like Watson, this is the first game he's really had a good output. His yeah, first, their their first five games were brutal. They started zero and five. They he didn't have D Hop this year, which I should have took that into consideration when I drafted him. And those fucking idiots traded away their first round pick for a that was in the Tunsil deal. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting at three and seven. They're gonna have a terrible record. They might win five or six games. So that'll probably be like a top ten, maybe top twelve pick. That shit's going straight to Miami. And Miami, mm-hmm. they lost today, but I like Miami's future. I think they're gonna. I think they're doing a great job at building a great foundation. I think Brian future. Flores is highly. Oh man, he's not. He's not talked about enough. He's not nearly enough. He should have won Coach of the Year last year for winning. What they win five games. Five. What they literally gutted their roster of all their mm-hmm. good players. He just took a bunch of scrubs and willed them to five wins. Yeah, I was like, how is he not even getting consideration for coach two of this year? Two of kind of looks like he might he might be the real deal. He had three know. straight as wins much as before I like to, today. Uh, I think he's had several games of under 100 yards. He got benched for Fitzpatrick. When this week. Tua got benched for Fitzpatrick. Today? Yeah. Oh, crazy. I didn't see that. Now, Justin Herbert, on the other hand. He's going to be a dude. He has five three-plus touchdown games, and they said that's already a record for a rookie. He's going to be and a he dude. Didn't even, think about think how pissed Tyrod Taylor is for getting his lung punctured by that doctor, team doctor. And Jesus. he's like, yeah, now I'll never play again in L.A. because this kid, which, you know, it would have been inevitable, but I think he would have at least had tape for this year to be like, hey, whoever, you know, Carolina, y'all need a new quarterback? No, because P.J. Tucker from the XFL came in and got a win today. 
Did he really? Yeah, he threw like two touchdown passes. They shut him out too. They yeah, shut out twenty um, nothing. Who was it? Detroit. Yeah, they shut Detroit out. Yeah, and Detroit plays Houston on Thanksgiving. What a turd lineup because we play Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know if we win, we'll be in first place at least for the until Philly plays. Jesus, help us! Because we'd be four and temper. We'd be four and seven. You know, if Philly would win, they would be now. Well, they'd be four, five, and one or whatever. So. We would at least be in first place for a few days, barring a Philly win. That's a good like, segue. God, let's get into the so Cowboys. Disappointed I, by and that I, win. And I, I texted you this. I was like, it is the most Cowboy. It's so on brand for the Cowboys. <laughs> they can't even lose when we need them to lose. Yeah, because like last week, I was thinking that was a great game for us because we played a really good team, but we showed a lot of heart, a lot of determination, but we lost. That's the important thing. We need to lose these games. We're not gonna do shit if we. We could go. At best, like six and ten, make the playoffs. That'd be a joke. Well, it get throttled. Well, it's the difference in picking in the top ten and picking nineteenth. Yeah, because that's where you would be, right? Yes. Even the worst divisional winner would be even if you if you get out round one, which I think we would, would be nineteenth. That'd Mm -hmm. be huge, or that would be a huge gap, dude. That's no, I can't do that. We have to lose because usually it's twenty one, but they've got uh, extra team from each each conference going to the playoffs this year. So it, you know, I'm glad. I'm, Andy Dalton showed on several times today, several instances why he's not a starter. But he also showed why he's could come in and he's the best backup. Yeah, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine with having the best backup in the league, and I, that's why I thought we had a great situation. You know, they said we went from arguably the best quarterback room to like the worst because we did have Dak, who, in my opinion, is a top five. Maybe top five, definitely a top ten quarterback. You did have Andy Dalton, who's led teams to the playoffs. He's got 30,000 career yeah, passing yards. Like that's yeah. no joke. And and then you did have a good project in Ben DiNucci. So I love that core three going in because they could learn from DiNucci. You know, um, Dalton could just absorb everything he can from Dak and help for when the moment came. Hopefully it would be for like a series or two throughout the year. But now we know it's the rest of the year. And I just thought we were in a great situation. And as soon as Dak was banging his ankle on the ground trying to get it uh, back into place, like, and then, and then you know, Dalton gets murdered by Bostic, which we get to have this rematch. And I hope, like, I hope somebody biggest, takes. I hope it's Biotish or something, just like grabs him by the face mask and you know, or does something. I'll take the fifteen yards, but they have to re. They have to affirm the point that you just can't fuck with our guys like that. Like that was a dirty fucking mm-hmm. hit. None of our guys reacted, and then the NFL just said, "Yeah, that's cool. Um, you can be fined." What was it? Twelve thousand? It was something like so fucking 12, minimal. It was twelve thousand. That's the equivalent of me punching someone I cannot stand in the face, and they go, "That'll be a hundred dollars." I say, "I'll gladly pay you a hundred dollars." Right. Twelve thousand to a millionaire is nothing. Right. To so knock the fuck out. Cowboys win in Minnesota today, thirty-one twenty-eight. Andy Dalton led. Let a game-winning drive with under two minutes. Um, I just want to say before it was nice to see. Halftime score, we held them to seven. That yep. was fucking nice. We won the turnover battle, and uh, I think in the whole game, if not in the first half, we should have had that interception to end the game. Xavier but, uh, Woods. <clears throat> was that Woods? Yep. Damn it. See, because I didn't get to see the first half. So I, I'm uh, right when I got in my car, um, it was Tank, and somebody had a sh- strip sack, and I think Wilson recovered it. Uh, Wilson actually, yeah, somebody got him by the lower half, and then as he was falling backwards, it was all in one motion. Um uh, no, Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson just came and like hit his top half, and as he rolled, he just kind of took the ball off of him, like an all perfect. in one. Mo- it was sweet. Yeah. Perfect. Um. 
So that's what we did. We left my parents' house and that. And I'll tell Claire, I was like, I'm going to listen to this the whole way because I didn't want to have to rewind the game. Because I don't have, I have Hulu and that's a tricky fucking thing to try to like, I'm going to go back and watch this. Sometimes they'll make you watch uber amount of ads. But anyways, I was like, I'm just going to listen to it. So Matt could come up right after the game, you know, because if not, I'd probably still be close to watching it. So I didn't get to, but, um, so I didn't get to see the CD lamb catch. It was I incredible. Heard it, and I was, so Claire just went into, um, we picked up pizza. So at Marco's and Elizabeth's asleep. And I'm like, when we get down, I do this when I'm watching the game. If Minnesota was at the goal line, and I had Adam Thielen. I just say, throw it to Thielen, throw it to Thielen. When I have lamb, give it to lamb, give it to lamb. And then they, the way they described it. And I just like was so fucking pumped up. Obviously, I didn't get the the grasp of how great that catch was until I had to go and rewatch it, and he, I was like, "Yeah, it was a contorted." Like he body. threw a- Andy Dalton threw to the wrong shoulder, and he totally adjusted and his most entire guys body. Just, you know, have, alligator arm and be like, "Oh, that's gone." No, he did his whole body around, and I was like, "Dude, that guy's so fucking special." And then he got one up by Thielen. Thielen, I think he did. I think that was a better. No, catch that was a hell of a catch. That was one handed better coverage because that was good coverage. One handed to drag the feet. You know, I was like, that's, I put a little cocky text on there. I was like, dude, my, because I got Lamb and Thielen in our, in our fantasy league. And I was like, my guys are showing off right now. Yeah, they were. But then Justin Jefferson, another rookie. He's going to be good, man. Like, and he went after Jalen Rager, didn't he? Philly could have had yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Philly could have like had him. Fourth yeah. Receiver, Philly could have had him. Or no, fifth. Ruggs, uh, Judy, Lamb, Lamb Rager. Rager. Yeah, he was the fifth receiver taken. Yeah. And they showed that stat of like how of his um, yards per game, just just and it was dude Beckham's rookie year was on another level. He averaged like 106 yards a game. Beckham mm-hmm. did, and then second was Bolden, and then it was and then it was Jefferson, and then Moss. And I was like, God damn, look at that company he's in. Well, he's leading ro- he's leading rookies in <clears throat> reception yards, and Ceedee Lamb's leading rookies in receptions. They 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 posted that stat during the game. Wow. So it's going to be it's between those class. two. And then Claypool was in that class. It, like, is it? It's going to be those story. three for rookie of the year. Yeah, the throw went out. And I uh, that was so nasty. Did you see that? I saw it, but it was real quick. And then the one I watched didn't show another replay. Mm. So it just looked like one guy went high, one guy went low. And yeah. Kind of well, the low down. one, the low one is what did it. Like your knee is not supposed to bend. And that I don't way. want to sound like an asshole, but I was already thinking like, man, we got to play the Bengals, and now we're probably going to win that game. Yeah. We are. <laughs> like I hope Burrow's okay. Don't get me wrong, but that was my first thought. Was great. Now we're gonna. Play I don't the think Eagles. he is. Like I think he's he he's done for the year, forever. No, for the year. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, wasn't that bad? I hope. No, no. Yeah, I yeah, mean, who knows? Bad. But especially when they're what like two seven and one now. It's like, hey, let's get you. Let's get the best left tackle in this draft. Yeah. Let's get you whatever will help you, which I think it would be a lineman. So yeah, they'll get. They'll probably take the first lineman off the board. Yeah, so but it was a fun game to watch because you know I was there was at times where I was like, is this defense actually looking respectable? And then, and then Donovan Wilson had another forced turnover. He popped uh, Dalvin Cook across oh, the middle. That was fucking clean. He, he just he cleaned his clock. You could hear that pop too. Yeah, and when you hear a pop like that, yeah, yeah, that was. So the defense, you know, Demarcus uh, Demarcus Lawrence, he was huge in the run game. Alden Smith had plenty of pressures. Um, but I think it took getting some of those veterans that were probably bad for the locker room. They were yeah. bad signings to begin with, and now we get we're getting to see our young guys play. And I think that's, I mean, why not? I mean, I like I'd rather have young, hungry players than like guys that are driving their Maseratis home every day. Reggie Robinson needs to play. Um, he was out there. 
Oh, but see, and I was confused because I was on Twitter before the game, and they listed their inactives, and Reggie Robinson was on their well, inactives. Well, there was a DB named Robinson. Robinson 28, yeah, I know. I kept seeing But him. it was weird because I read the inactives, and Reggie Robinson <laughs> was on there. But Bradley and I needs to play. Yeah, has he gotten a snap yet? I don't think so. That's weird. Bradley Especially and... when Tristan Hill went down. You yeah. would think you would, because that was a, I remember when we got that pick, because I, you know, I'm not going to say I follow it all, but they were like, oh yeah, he was like, we got him in the fifth like, round. And, and he was like a Pac-12 like sack leader and all this. We got him in like the fifth or sixth round. And, I think it was um, the fifth. Uh, Kavanaugh was like, I had a second round grade yeah. on him. That's like when you hear about all the stuff he did in college, and yeah, granted, what was it Utah? But those are, you know, Big 12. I mean, anywhere, big uh, Pac-12 is still a decent conference. You're still you playing know? against athletes. Yeah, like you're USC, still playing guys. Oregon, are, UCLA. And, and those guys are all getting drafted, too. So it's yeah. not like he's playing in, like, some obscure He's not playing in the Mountain West. Yeah. So, but all the young guys need to play. Absolutely. Um, I saw Dorrance Armstrong out there. Dorrance Armstrong, yep. He And then um, the cat, Neville Gallimore from OU, he's playing. He's, he's doing well. See, and um, I, like, I like seeing that. I wanted... I wanted to lose this game, but I wanted to barely lose. Like, when we got that score in, I was like, great. Now, Adam Thielen, 75-yard touchdown to win the game. You know, <laughs> like God, that's that how I happen. wanted it to end. So, I'd get all the points, and we would lose. But it would be, like, a good loss. Like, last week was a good loss. Yeah. That's what I was trying to explain to Chris. You wanted to repeat. Lost, but I was like, I was really happy with that loss because I don't want to win games. But I was like, but we showed a lot of fight. That was the first time we showed fight in a long time. And I really, I really think that we're going to win this week, too. I think we're going to beat Washington. No, I don't because – uh, Minnesota didn't have a pass rush. Washington has a pass rush. Yeah, but they've killed two quarterbacks this year. Who did they kill? Oh, they just took out Burrow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so they've got Andy a pass Dalton rush. revenge game. Red and, rifles and, coming. And I saw Andy Dalton maybe in the second half. He took off running. I was like, I'm really surprised this guy's running ever again. Hey man, good. And for he him. dove head first for a first down. I would. I'm like, I'm really surprised he's doing that. <laughs> um. But either, yeah, I, th- I think we lose this game. I hope we lose this game. I hope we lose, but I really think we're going to win. They were saying like the last, on you know, we're like eight and I think we're like eight and one against them on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, it's something we're, we we dominated I mean, I just, them. I feel like this is like, and not to sound like a homer, but this Thanksgiving games are almost like a, a watching the Cowboys like a American tradition. So I feel like if when like because Jerry Jones loves to look good on national TV. And this is the one game he's like, we better not fucking lose this game. You know, like this is Thanksgiving. The world, or at least the football world in America is watching us. So I would, I mean, if you want to make like a dollar bet right now, I I, I think we're going to win. I don't want to, but I think we will. I don't think we will. I think Alex, make a Alex bet? Smith, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think Alex Smith will pull something out of his ass. I think the pass rush will be too much for this offensive line. Um, the defense, the, the pass rush is going to be brutal. The defense, they, I love their front seven. Yeah, their, it's their great. defense is great. That's why I'm still carrying their defense. Yeah, I, I saw have that. No, I have no. I need to drop that kicker. That was a stupid. I started the wrong kicker, and I'm, I just need to drop his ass. Sorry, get back to fantasy, but it's why it's hard not because like I had these two good defenses. I'm like I could just play matchups now, you know, just whoever I feel was going to have the better week. So I, you know, I say they, I say the Cowboys are going to win, but I could easily start their defense because they'll get sacks. And they'll force some turnovers. Yep. Um, some other good things from the Cowboy game. Zeke, he looked good. He had a his you know, first one hundred yard game. Yeah, but you know, the line sucked all year and what? Tony Pollard busted off a forty plus yard. That Zeke hasn't had a run half that long. All right, year. come on. Pull out your list. Oh, let's you want to do this? Let's, the list let's of... do this exercise. Okay, so I wrote down let's a do list this of exercise. players. And you would trade for the player and the contract because that's to prove that that was a terrible move they made. But we already know that, and it's not Zeke's fault. 
It's Jerry's fault. I don't care because I would I would trade and then there's certain guys on here I would give that same contract to, but I wouldn't do what is it five years? That was the thing, dude. You could do a two year thirty million. I would do that. I'm not so mad about the money. I'm mad about the length because you know quarter you know running backs aren't going to sustain over time like that. So okay, you want to be the highest paid bet. Here's thirty million over two years, not ninety over four or whatever they did. Again, not Zeke's fault. It's not, but it's Jerry's fault. Okay, it's Jerry's fault for a lot of things. That's why Jerry makes us drink. That's, that's why we sit here right. in a lonely room, surrounded by cowboy shit, and talk <laughs> shit about the Cowboys. <laughs> All right, good. So these are running backs that today I think are better than Zeke. You know, you can even take the contract out of it, but to me the contract's a huge fucking deal because he makes way too much money. But just going through. Yes or no question, is this running back better than Zeke right now? Hit me. Dalvin Cook. You shouldn't even think about no. it. Yes. You don't think Dalvin Cook's better? That's what I meant. Like, Zeke's not better. Sorry. Okay, so, so just say sorry. yes if they're better. If they're better. Okay, so that's yes. Dalvin Cook is a yes. He's better. Alvin Kamara. Yes. Derrick Henry. Yes. Aaron Jones. No. Josh Jacobs. No. What? Nick Chubb. Yes. James Conner. No. James Robinson. No. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Clyde's Edward Hilaird. No. Ooh, I'm surprised you said that one. Ronald Jones Jr. Or the third. No. Joe Mixon. No. Kareem Hunt. No. Tonio Gibson. No. Miles Sanders. No. Todd Gurley. No. Saquon. Yes. Chris Carson. No. Mark Ingram. No. And Carlos Hyde. No. See, I think you're full of shit because Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs absolutely are better, and Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. So I would say at least three more. And when Mixon's healthy, Mixon's damn would, good. Would would Ceh be better on this team with this line? Who's that? Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, is that what they call him. Yeah, yeah, of course. With this line. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got one, two. Just three, so you know, four, this is recorded. This five. is going out to people. Oh, you think he's the sixth best running back? Yeah. Wow. I don't think he's top 10. And he's paid for number one. Just remember I think, that. I know it's not his fault, but at the end of the day, he is taking up a huge chunk of that cap. I think, yeah, and I think the money gets you. I think if he was on a rookie deal, he'd be much higher. Well, yeah, because when, when Dak was on a rookie deal, everybody loved not, him. But we're not talking about money. We're talking you about literally skill. literally just said it's we're about not, money. It's, for you, it's about money. For me, I'm looking you, player for player. No, because players are based on their contracts, and he's not living up to his contract. No, it's not his fault that he got because, paid. I get it because like one market. guy on there would live up to this contract, maybe no, two. Alvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey. I would pay all those and Saquon. I would pay all those guys that money. But like I said, I wouldn't do it the years. I would do it salary wise. I get it. You want fifteen million? Two well, years. good thing for you. After twenty twenty one, we can get out of that contract. How much dead money though? Not that much. I don't know. I haven't done the research. That's the theme of this fucking podcast. <laughs> but I just think I think I would take Antonio Gibson over him. But again, I guess like you said, we've established money to me because I think that is a terrible contract. I would take Joe Mixon. I think Carlos Hyde looked good against Arizona. He was catching balls and bruising people. That's when I was watching that. I was like, damn, that looked like Zeke from two years ago. Oh wait, Carlos Hyde. Went to the same university and was drafted like way later than him, and now he's just bouncing around teams. But he'll give you production on any given night that you can't get from Zeke, and Zeke's the highest paid running back, or he might be second now, I think, because McCaffrey got his money. So yeah, to me it does come about money because football is a business, and you have an allotted amount of money to give your best players. And I know we it wasn't his fault because he's going to get paid, but he still had 
what three years left of a uh, contractual control, and he yeah, and the fucking Joneses it. are playing hardball with the wrong fucking player. They rewarded yeah. that was the worst offseason because they gave Zeke and Jalen money. I'm more upset about Jalen. Oh, me too. They I just don't know enough linebackers to list, but it would be like. 50 fucking linebackers. Yeah, exactly. Like when they do pro football f- focus and they're like, he's the 47th out of out 49. Of, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, God damn it. He is making so much money. Like, I don't know. I could hear these plays. Like I was listening on the radio and they were like, and there goes Jalen with a busted coverage. And I'm like, yeah, he, he doesn't make plays. And when he does, like, it's more of a group thing when he's in there, it's more like somebody else stopped him. And then Jalen comes and Jalen, Jalen is very good. North to North and South. He cannot play sideline to sideline, though, which is what a modern NFL linebacker But what's does. crazy is two years ago, before he got the contract, he did. And that's what's crazy. I don't know if that knee is, like, you know, regressing. But if before, I wish they would be more honest the year, with us, the year, The year that he earned the contract. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been, yeah. like, a two-time Pro Bowl, which is weird. But that's because his stats. They'll say, oh, he had a. He had ten tackles this game. Yeah, I don't and care. they were They're all past, eight yards. Down yeah, the they field. were all after a first down was made. He's not making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. That's no. what kills me. Is they're like he had twelve tackles. None of them were. Yeah, good and tackles. ten of them were eight yard, twelve, yeah. fifteen yards down the field. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. So he he um, can he can create those stats. I get it, but he's not making big plays. No. So that I just I'll never and I like I I understand I I focus more on the money. Because it just pisses me off that we gave a collective, you know, we pay both those guys combined thirty million a year, and that money could have been saved. I was like, we could instead of paying Jalen, we could have paid Byron Jones. Instead of paying Zeke, we could have put that towards Dak. I don't know. I don't well, know. the money's there. The big. money's there. The money is there for Dak, even with these contracts. But they decided to play hardball with the wrong dude. Yeah, you man, don't, and you, you don't do you it take to a care. You, you take care of your quarterback. Yeah, everyone knows that. Like, say what you will about Dak, he is a natural born leader among men. He's a great locker room presence. He can will a team to win, and that's the guy they decided to to play hardball with. Like, and then Zeke, who's like, I'm just gonna pull some titties out. And I'm gonna have fun. Hey, you want you want to be the highest paid player at your position in the history of the league? Yeah, cool. That sounds fun. Let me go make some more cereal commercials. It's like, God damn it. Why did y'all cave into that turd? And I don't know. I'm just a hater because he's, I'm pretty sure he's the second high paced player. And we're in week 10 going to 11. And he just had his first 100 yard rushing game. And with that. A, with a decimated line. Tony Pollard had a 42 yard run on that. Okay. Play. He had like, he probably had like four touches and he had like 60 yards. Yeah. And like 40 of those came on one rush. Yeah, that Zeke hasn't had all year. He hasn't. They said, what they say, like a fifteen-yard run. That was his longest run of the year. And then he had another eighteen-yarder. He's been he's been a bell cow for us, and he can't break off a twenty-yard run. Bro, he hasn't had a twenty-yard run all year. <laughs> Look, don't give me those sassy eyes. <laughs> Let's move on. Do you have predictions for Thursday's yeah. game? Zeke fucking sucks. <laughs> That's my prediction. And and Lamb catches twelve touchdowns. No, I think I think. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just a little excited because I thought Dalton in the line looked decent. You know, we only I think we only had like that I saw, so it was late in the game. We had um it was Cam Irvin had like one false start. I was like there wasn't hardly I don't that I saw there was no holding calls on this line. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember so. them. I think they gave up like one or two sacks, but you know, like you said, there was no big pass rush there. But I'm looking at this line, I was like, they did decent. Uh Cooper made big plays. Gallup, you didn't hear much of him. Um 
Lamb had great plays. He had that two-point conversion. So it's like those guys look good. I like that they would work in Pollard. And like I said, this defense at times, I was like, this defense actually looks um, Amari, Amari had big plays. They just, they're just they not going to stop on the show up on the stat sheet. He yeah. had a bunch of third down. He had a fourth down conversion he's just, on the game-winning drive. He's Mr. Consistent, yeah. which I love about him. And he's not going to like and he's gonna talk beat, shit. And he's going to beat coverage. And oh. that's why Andy Dalton is so comfortable, and he looks for him on those key downs. I think he's – and really, like, talking about being comfortable, he's comfortable with Cooper – Lamb and Schultz. He really likes yeah, going to Schultz. Schultz. That, that game went touchdown to Schultz. And a silver lining when we lost, um, Jesus, uh, the tight end week Jarwin. one. Jarwin. I love Jarwin too. I thought he was going to have a breakout year. <clears throat> hey, he, I think he was too. But Schultz has really stepped up his game. He had Dude, two that first bad game, weeks. That for first two games, it was just drops leading to interceptions. Uh, he's really stepped up his game Bro, though. big time. Like they were talking about on the fan. I don't know if you listened to it, but they're like most improved player from offense and defense. And someone was like, it should be Blake, it should be Dalton Schultz because this is a, I'm trying to think. Oh, I think they said Connor Williams was their most improved. Because well, they showed the stats and they're like, he's Jeez, only I think the I Pro know. Football Focus had him rated as like the number four guard. And they're like, he's only committed like three or four penalties all year. So when they broke it down, because those don't show up on the stat sheet. No. What you go on is how many sacks has he given up, how many penalties has he committed. So it was like they made a case, but then I I texted in, I said it Cedric Wilson. You know, guy who barely got on the field last year. Now he's legit number three on any other team. He could be a two for us. He's a four. But then somebody's like, another texted and said Dalton Schultz. I was like, that's a good fucking point. He wasn't even supposed to be. He probably barely made the team. You know, they were thinking, should we go to Blake Bell? And then since then, dude, he's really stepped up. He's made some good catches. He's run good routes. He gets open. I mean, he's a consistent tight end. Like, if I'm Jarwin, I'm glad I got paid. You I know, started I'm- him uh, in our other league a couple weeks ago. He yeah. had it, he, and he got me like six points. He's so. always available to it, seems yeah. like. And it's like like we we just talked about tight, tight ends being so boom or bust uh, in these leagues. But decent game, game-winning touchdown, that's a huge confidence booster for him. So I think Blake, or Dalton and Schultz was, is a, and that was is a solid. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say he's solid for us. Yeah, and that was a great play design on that touchdown because they were so focused on Lamb. Yeah. And I was so focused on Lamb. So <laughs> and he just kind of snuck across the line of scrimmage and just snuck out and boom, Kellen, right there. Kellen Moore called a great game. That two point conversion. That was that great. Was a sweet that pitch, fucking play. Yeah, that option. Because I'm looking yeah. at Lamb. I was like, what the fuck is Lamb about to do? And then it's a pitch to Zeke, pitch to Lamb. I was like, dude, that's, and they some, play, that, that's some playground shit they, right there. And they set that up a couple drives before because they pulled Lamb behind in the backfield and they didn't use him, but they're just setting that up. And I was like, what is Lamb doing back there? And then when I saw that again, I was like, oh, I bet you. Smart. Yep. No, it was uh, Kellen Moore. Um, I've always been a fan of Kellen Moore. A lot of people gave me shit. I've always supported him. Question. Who do you think is an NFL head coach sooner? Jason Garrett or Whoever you're about to say should be Kellen Moore. (laughs) Because I've seen 10 years of what Garrett does. I'd rather take the, the unknown. The kid, the who seems like he's got a grasp of what he's doing. He seems to play call a good game. I think he'll be a... And I've already seen what Garrett does. I don't want Garrett to be my... I, I don't even want to be my OC. I know, but who do you think? Not I know you would do, but... I would take... Because I feel like there's a lot more younger coaches out there. They're going with the young, innovative yeah. guys rather I, than the I old see guys. Kellen, I see Kellen as a college coach. I could see him going to Boise easy. Yeah. You know, where he was from. And good old, I think Jim Harbaugh will be back in the NFL next year because it is not good in Michigan. Isn't that weird how you can like fall upward to a like you could fail yeah. at this? That's like that's like Kingsbury, but he's made it work. He literally just fell upward. He sucked at tech, and it's like, hey, you want to 
go to the big leagues now? <laughs> it's like, yep. sure. Well, <laughs> it, it's just any kind of offensive mind, you know. Yep. That that's what. That's where the game's hot. going. That's what. So yeah. that's why we both wanted Lincoln Riley. I really want because if you could Riley, get the man. new. Because Sean McVay is what started this craze. They were like, holy shit, look at this guy. He's like 30 or whatever. You know, 30 yeah, something. He's, like, he's my age. He's and like he's setting the world on. You know, he made a, he made the Super Bowl in the second year. So I think, though, I would, if I was going to pick a new team, you know, if I was uh, the Jets. The Jets and I needed a new coach, I would say, I've seen what you can do. You've had some highs, but you've had some lows, and you were never able to take a good team because the Cowboys always have talent. He had Romo through his prime, and he had early Dak. Which Dak was his rookie year, greatest rookie year of all time. So he's had good players all around him, and he could never get past, you know, divisional round. Yeah, I would take the unknown. I would take the kid and just see what happens. Yep. Okay. So you got a prediction for Thursday? <sighs> I think we'll win. Shit! If, if you would have told me we we're about to score thirty this uh, post post deck, I wouldn't have believed it. So now that I know that's a possibility, I still don't think we're gonna do it. I'll say. 24-17. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 17-13 Washington. I would probably cover the spread, though, too. I don't know. I don't know what it is yet, but yeah. Probably. No, I bet we might. I think we... I, it might even be a pick so I doubt that was. I was. But we covered the spread in the last two games, which is great. So and that's how you know it. it's a shitty year. Yeah. Hey, I we just, covered the spread. Hey, we went the first seven weeks, and we were setting all these terrible records. So the fact that we could just... Not be historically bad. Yeah, I think we're gonna break the trajectory of being all time bad defense. So the defensive points might still give it up because yeah, shit. Because even last week, what was it, twenty five to the Steelers, and then this week was twenty eight. So that's after we gave up thirty and forty weeks before that. True. So our True. defense is still bad, but they're showing heart and they're showing grit. I'd love to see Sean Lee out there, at least to be a coach out there. But I still think we win. Uh, I don't want to. I'll be rooting for that L, but no, it's I'm the going Washington, s- Washington. So I'm going 17-13 football team All right. on Thanksgiving. Either way, I'll be happy. I'll have my Thanksgiving plate and uh, watch some Cowboys. That's what sucks for me is I bet we're going to have to watch that fucking game at these people's house. Not if you claim diarrhea and you leave and you come to my house. I do not want to go to their fucking house. Claim, di- claim COVID. Be like, uh, we, are, we got exposed. Yeah. Got to stay home. I'll just, I I don't care. I'll tell them I, gotta, I just don't like y'all. <laughs> it's not that I don't like them, but it's like, they're not even my family. I'm not thankful for them. I haven't seen them in like a year. Why the fuck am I going to go over there? It's the dumbest thing. Well, we've already been like protesting it. So we've already put it out there that maybe we'll just. Well, if you do come to the house and that's a nice segue because we're going to wrap it up here and I just want to know what I'm watching or listening. To? Oh, Dude, I, it's we have been out of the game too long. Well, I I gotta at least suggest a show I watched. Okay, go for it. Um, it's called Wayne. It's on Amazon. Why have I heard of that? It's really good, man. Uh, apparently it was released last year. I think it was a YouTube show. Because I looked it up because I was telling Claire about it and it yeah, showed it was, like it a, was. yeah that's so where right YouTube here. original or whatever. But now I guess it the rights were purchased by Amazon, so it's on there and it's like ten. Um, about 30 minutes each, so 10 30-minute episodes. It's from the creators of uh, Deadpool. And I looked it up just because I'm a nerd when I do this stuff. It got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's really good. Uh, it's basically, I put on here, it's like a 21st century Boston, Bonnie and Clyde. Because Wayne, he's like this kid. He's misunderstood. Everyone thinks he's weird, and but he's just like, at his core, he just thinks he's like Robin Hood. He's like, everyone, you know, everyone who does something wrong should pay a price. 
and everyone should do the right thing, but he's a fucking maniac, you know? He'll just, like, get his ass kicked just to prove a point. Um, just to sum it up real quick, his dad is dying, and his dad, he's looking at these pictures, and his dad's like, this, you know, this was my car. I've, I've got nothing to leave you, but this was my Trans Am back in the day. Uh, he's like, this should have been yours. And he's like, well, where is it now? And he's like, your mom took it when she left because the dad got sick, and the mom just split on him, you know, a piece of shit move. She, like, they took the car and her boyfriend, they moved down to Florida. So Wayne's on, like, a journey now. He's got to get the car back. He... He meets this girl before we leave. I think it's in Brockton, which has to be near Boston because it's very fucking Boston-y, you know? Yeah. Like that attitude. It's like you just have that Boston attitude where everyone's like talking and talking shit and fighting. Um, but his goal is to now just get to this girl. And so it's like a journey, you know? They take this road trip on his little bike. It's like a motorcycle. And they have to get all the way from Boston or Massachusetts to Florida. And it's like a road trip. And along the way, you know, all this stuff goes on. But, dude, I couldn't recommend it enough. I put on here it was is my favorite most enjoyable thing i've seen of 2020 like i just think it was great and maybe some people won't like it um but it's it was just so fucking fun it's one of those shows where like i busted out like the first four episodes in one night and then i finished it up like a few days later i, I just ran through it so fast so couldn't re- recommend it enough i told paul to watch okay, it he yep. never followed up on me you asshole i don't know if you watched it yet but it was the most enjoyable thing and my my favorite show of the year so far. And then um, I listened to Bundyville, which I told you about, which is yeah, I listened the, to it the too. ranchers um, in Nevada. Their last name was Bundy. They had their cattle that was um, – they had public land that you could have grazing rights on. So the cattle could graze that land, but you'd have to pay a fee. Well, they refused to pay the fee. They racked up a million dollars in fees. So then the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, was like going to come and take their cattle. And they kind of went to arms and was like, you know, you're not going to come and take this. And they created a movement of like just militia, right-wing extremists, just people who were anti-government. You're like this perfect storm. And they all came. There was a huge standoff, you know, like and the government basically backed down because they were in fear of like another Waco or Ruby Ridge where, yep. you know, they're not trying to kill these people, even though these people are acting, you know, pretty wild right now. But, you know. And then there was a season two, which season two to me was even better because it talks about follows up on the Bundyville situation was resolved at that cattle ranch. But now it's like the movement they created. And this is like a follow up, like all these people that were associated with them and what they're doing now. And it's just more just scary, dude, because these people are just I listened to it in a day. Like I finished it. It was 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 good. Right. It was good. And I, I don't know if I described it good enough because it's very interesting but it's also very terrifying because these people what they preach and what they believe in like to me they're fucking maniacs those are domestic terrors in a way like the yeah, shit they sure. say sure. where it's like yeah they're so anti-government which everybody can be a little anti-government but when you're like hey i'm gonna take this pipe bomb and i'm gonna blow up this building that's a government building it's like okay now you're getting into like some mcveigh territory and you know it's just it just escalates quickly and it talks about the people associated with that movement and i mean they're trying to run for like public office and shit and um, just some characters, but it's scary. So, watched Wayne and listened to Bundyville. I, I enjoyed them both this week. And since we've been gone so long, I could have went over a lot. So I just really condensed it as the what was my favorite show that I watched and what was my favorite podcast that I listened to recently. And that was it for me. Okay, my podcast, and I shared it with you, and you listened to it. Uh, it was called Tom Brown's Body. Yep. It was put out by uh, Texas Monthly. Um, it was a case up in Canadian Texas, which is in the Panhandle, yeah. and it was sixteen or eight, seventeen, eighteen year old kid, senior football player, class president, yeah. um, you know, all American, all American kid, kid you know? like from a small town. For your kid to do. 
uh, goes missing, and it just covers the uh, covers the case and has interesting characters, and there's plenty of plot twists and whodunits, and yeah. still it's still unsolved. It's like the ultimate whodunit because that town was like three thousand people. It's yeah, one of those towns where like everyone talks to everybody. So when the kid goes missing, and then it was just weird because they went missing. What wasn't it Thanksgiving Eve? Thanksgiving Eve. And then it's like Eve, months yeah. later they find like his phone and his phone's like in, in pristine, pristine condition. condition. Like someone dropped it. They're like it mowed, it, mowed it. it before. It rained before, and it looks like this thing came out of the case. And then like months later they find his backpack and propped then, up against a tree. Yeah, like, it's just all these weird not weather beaten. And then the way they found his body, I thought was weird too because they were like there was this officer right, and he's big into he sees a deer. And uh, he follows this deer because he, then they shed their antlers. He picks them up. So it's just weird that this cop's watching this deer and he decides that he's going to follow it. And he follows it in this trail into the brush. And then he stumbles upon this body. Like, I thought that was a weird. There's a lot of fishy stuff and this, going and on. And you got to end, if you, if you don't listen to it or don't, like the police department, the sheriff's department was kind of suspect the whole time. Like, they never really cleared, like, the the sheriff and his deputies. Like, they were all, I'm not saying they were guilty, but I'm saying I, I, they were a person of interest. So, the fact that they found the body the way they did, I just thought that was shady. And, and then, you know, there's a private investigator that's introduced the family hires, and he's a character in himself. He is a character. Um, it was just a really good, it, it was a Texas podcast, so anything Texas, um, I, I'm all over. Um, it was put out by Texas Monthly, so the production value is there. Um, Very in-depth. Like, you can tell they did a great job interviewing yeah. and getting archival. And it's not done yet because there is a yep. grand jury that's going to be convened early in 2021. That was so The only thing I didn't like about it, which, I mean, when you listen to podcasts, some of these are just cold cases, is there was no resolution. But other than that, because uh, some people want to just know, like, if I'm going to invest all this time, I need an answer. I understand you're not always going to get that, but that was my only complaint is there was no definitive answer, but it's not done yet. Yeah, It's not so. done. We still got stuff to do. There's still stuff being found out. And sometimes you just got to wait to find the truth out. You know, it was just very good. I mean, going from his, uh, his friend that was at Oklahoma state and how she was interrogated and that whole process. And then the thing about, um, I don't want to give it away, but the, the certain thing that they claim that he wore, yeah, that, that Tom was, Brown wore, you know, that was, that was, that was truly shocking and surprising and, when they and, said that. And was it true or was that something that the sheriff planted, I think it was true, you know? Cause even the mom was like kind of cooperative. She was like, it's been a while since he's done anything like that, but she was like, he would do that. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's very good. It's called Tom Brown's body. You can get on Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, anywhere you, you listen, anywhere you listen to the dad lab podcast, you can listen to that one as well. Yep. Um, and then Oh man, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I told Lauren I'd do it. Uh, I'm taking L's on this podcast left and right, but I've been watching, I've been binge watching, I can't get enough of it. I've been watching Married at First Sight. Dude. This, this is multiple episodes you brought this up. This show, dude, there's so much drama, there's so much ridiculous shit, and going back to being thankful for being married to who oh, you're yeah. married to. And knowing you have like a nice, sane woman, because there's some... Some of these people are fucking crazy, And it's dude. both ways. I'm not just saying women. No, like, dude, the dudes. dudes some that dudes. Are, that are straight up. So that's why I'm I would, like, I'm lucky, you're lucky, and these women are lucky. I wish you cool. would maybe watch a season or two because, dude, it is, there's so much drama. Like, it just really makes you take stock of what you got and be thankful. And people like to watch drama as long as it's not their drama. Exactly. You know, like, I can exactly. watch someone's drama and be like, because I'm like, oh, save your drama for your mama. No, if it's not mine, I want to know all about that yeah, shit. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I'm on season, 
Seven. You started and with one? I started with one. Oh, my God. And they're in Dallas this season. Ooh. So, and this season has probably been the most controversial one of all. Mm. Um, one couple, they go to board the plane to get on the plane for their honeymoon, and the woman is detained, and she's not allowed to get on the plane. What the hell she do? She, turns out she has a warrant out for her arrest, and she oh has for three counts of stalking. No, and the guy probably and the guy didn't know anything just about this. Ma- well, what's crazy is like they do. He married all- that bitch. Uh, well, they were already married. They married at first sight. Oh, uh, but this is, it's like a trial run, right? Well, they do it for eight weeks, and yeah. then at the end of eight weeks, they and get he's to like, decide. I married a second. Well, get this. So, in the process, when they're sl- doing the selection process, the company or the 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 network they do background checks on these people obviously so they're not matching people up with like psychos or whatever what happened there so what happened was is uh when they did the background check it was clean and when they got a copy of the warrant and they got a copy of like the affidavit and it was filed the day after they did their oh no their background dude it it so they missed their honeymoon slipped through the cracks yeah dude and so she's like no i don't even know this guy it was a case of mistaken identity like Somebody, I got in a car accident and uh, my ID was in there. And so the co- even the cop said it was mistaken identity. It was identity theft. Well, it turns out like a day later or like a week later, she can't take it anymore. And she like tells the guy like, yeah, like I did date this guy and this, this, this and happened. So it's, it, it's not just a drama. Way to start a relationship. A marriage, not just a <laughs> yeah, relationship. Yeah, an even worse way to start um, a marriage. But no, it's 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 drama, and I can't believe I'm watching it. But um, I can't it, believe you're on season seven. It's not like you just slipped up and watched two episodes. Nope, I'm fully <laughs> invested, dude. You're on season seven, I'm fully invested, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so make fun of me if you want. I'm I'm invested. I think more. Lauren's gonna make fun of you more than anybody. She does. She does. <laughs> I was like I'm gonna go. She emasculates me in my own house. Uh, but no, really, watching that show makes me. You know, um, I just picture all snuggled up, like making some popcorn. And no, she doesn't watch it with me. She's like, no, I'm going in here and watching something else. <laughs> she's watching the USC fight. No, she's <laughs> she watches this chick on YouTube. She does. Um, I forget what it's called. It's called like makeup and murder. But like, she tells like true crime stories, like while while she's doing makeup. I can and, see women loving and she's like, Matt, uh, have you heard it? I'm like, yeah, I heard of all these cases because I listen to podcasts about because them. Because look at this beautiful foundation <laughs> I have. <laughs> look at this eyeliner. I yes, I've known about it for years. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. No, but uh, and you know the theme of the episode was a little bit of Thanksgiving thrown in there, and me watching Married for Sight, me and thankful for my wife. Before I wrap up, I just want to leave you, you know, all you guys with a message of take this week, take Thanksgiving to take stock of what you got. Be thankful for it. Be thankful for the people in your life. Be thankful for the things you have. Be um, thankful for uh, the people you have. Um, me especially, I get bogged down in what I don't have or what I'm not doing or what I didn't do instead of just looking around and being thankful for what I do have. Uh, I'm thankful for Andrew. Mm-hmm. thankful for my wife, my family. I'm thankful for, you know, job. I get bring some money in. Um, so this week... I ask you just take stock of what you got. Be thankful. Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, watch Jerry Maguire if you want to be involved on the next one. Um, but I think that does it. So for Matt and Andrew, we're out.